This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Hello and welcome to the Conjecturing Horrors Podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey guys. And I'm your host, Rob. How's everybody? How's everybody doing right now? Good, Rob. Pretty good. Pretty good. Doing good. We took a little break last week to kind of travel a bit and recharge our batteries. So everybody's feeling good tonight, you know. Everybody's feeling energized, ready to go. You know, we we yeah. we have energy from this fucked up movie this week. Uh <laughs> don't know yeah. about that, you know. <laughs> Takes a we'll bit see. out of you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The movie we're doing this week, 1999's Japanese film Audition. Um, so what are we wearing tonight with our backgrounds? What do you got going on, Laura? I am dressed as the, unfortunately, as the main girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got on a black apron and I have my little needles right here. Mm, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you guys better tell me you love me and mean it. Oh, <laughs> only do a podcast with you laura and no one else mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly yeah and my background is one of those alternative movie posters and i just thought it was really cool it's the image of her with her needle and it's just all red with like a blank face i just thought that looked really cool nice nice and uh, what about you greg what do you got going on tonight i'm also dressed as asame she's the the main female character in this uh movie i've got her i don't know what, what do you call this like a butcher's apron yeah i don't know it's kind of like yeah, a, i think so an mm-hmm. apron to prevent splatter blood splatter <laughs> on your clothes um mm-hmm. got my rubber gloves although in the movie she's got leather gloves and i've got my this is this is my razor cord Ooh. also this is an iphone cord <laughs> nice <laughs> nice i like it and my background it, it, it's her but it's um is toward the later stages of the movie where she's kind of uh she's kind of malicious and she's got that look in her eye like she's gonna stab you with the needle. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a theory that Greg's outfit is actually his real murder outfit he uses Ooh. when he kind of you know goes to random parks or dirty roads or something like that and puts on his apron and look how look how wrinkly look at how wrinkly this press is. You know, I'm I'm using it on the daily. He just admit it? What? I know. I think he admit it. We got him finally, Laura. Happened? We got him. 40, 44 <laughs> episodes in. We got him finally. Let me send that to the FBI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, no, good outfit, Greg. Good outfit. Yeah, I was trying to look for, yeah, the butcher, like, shirt or even, like, a like a cooking apron. I was trying that's to find. That's what I'm wearing. Cooking Oh, really? Apron. Oh, at yeah. least you got a black one. Mine was, yeah. like, I think some colorful, and I'm like, they would not work with this movie. No, yeah, if you, no. If you, I had to cover mine up. It says, you cook, I'll cook you clean, but I... <laughs> I thought that would take away from the menacing <laughs> vibe of my outfit. That's what I did it. see that oh. uh, the tape, but I was like, "What is that?" I thought he was just covering up real blood splatter. Or something <laughs> like that, <you> know? <laughs> he didn't want to show us the evidence there, you know. Oh, uh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, for me, I probably have the most ridiculous outfit. Everybody listening, you missed the whole like pre-show of me me going through my so so pretty much pretty much i'm wearing one of my wife's blouses and one of my 
<laughs> one of my wife's cardigans. This has become a theme, I think, of kind of our recent shows lately. Um, and, and, you know, she was just talking about my outfit and how ridiculous it was. And the fact that I pretty much have like a, like a midriff going on with my, with my, with my belly hanging out. And, you know, I mean, I just literally looked at her and was like, you married me. So, you know, there you go. There's nothing you could do there. But uh, yeah, I, I'm dressed as one of the, one of the girls from the audition. I have, you know, a blouse on, a little cardigan. I had my, my black hair, I combed it out, you know, so it's not Rob Zombie-esque from the, from the Rob Zombie episode, rocking it out. Um, so yeah, I thought I looked cute. I don't know if I got the audition. I don't know if I got the part. They, I haven't got a call back yet. I think they just, I think they just destroyed the phone number I gave them, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Greg, Greg winked at me though, so maybe it worked a little bit. I you don't know. spent an unusual amount of time adjusting your bangs. I'm just wondering. Yes, <laughs> you really did. You really did. As I, if I, you've had them all along. I, I, I really wanted that part. <laughs> I really wanted that part in the movie, you know, I offered and everybody said no. Uh, so, oh, yeah. So, so if, if anybody wants to see these pics, see what we look like, our backgrounds, you got to make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. And that's both at Conjecturing Pod. That's where we're posting all these things. So if anybody listening, you know, just listens to the pod and doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. If you want to see it, you know, hit us up Twitter, Instagram at Conjecturing Pod and you'll be able to see my wife's blouse. Um, so, so, um, so let's get to our next thing here. Let's see, we're drinking tonight. So let me get the drop going here. What's up, Cubs? All right, Laura, what are we, what are we drinking tonight, Laura? Tonight, we are just all taking a shot, a shot like needles, get it? And cause I oh. wanted to torture you guys. So this is definitely torture. So we're all going to take our shots at the same time, but we all, right before we do it, we all have to go. Kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> oh, do we need to say what we're each drinking? Do we each picked our own different drinks? Oh, that's a great idea. What, what do you got, Laura? What's in, your, what's in your cup? I just went with vodka because I've already had a vodka cocktail today. So this is going to be really painful. I don't particularly like vodka shots, nice. but uh, I figured mm-hmm. I'd stay consistent. Yeah. Nice, nice. Wow. What do you got, Greg? What do you got in your shot glass? Jack Daniels, Tennessee honey. Whoa. And I am, nice. uh, I'm taking my shots out of my kids' infant Tylenol syringe. <laughs> so I'm kind of uh, taking the baby route. So that's don't, funny. Don't bash that's me. funny. Yeah. For me, I have some single malt scotch whiskey. Wow. This stuff I was given by a friend over 10 years ago, and this is already aged 10 years. So wow. this stuff is the stuff that you drink and it just tastes like moss and like burnt fire. So mm. it's, it's not very appealing, which is why the shot is going to be crazy. So I think that sounds good. Okay, Laura. Well, I'll send it your way then. <laughs> I'll send it your way, Laura. <laughs> All right, everyone. Ready? Here we go. Okay. Kitty, 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 kitty. Mm. Oh, uh, okay. hit the back of my throat. Okay. <laughs> Tough when you shoot it like that. Yeah, some of it went in my eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Ooh. good job. There we go. Mm. N- n- now we're feeling it. Now we're feeling it. You know, yeah. I might, might have to start unbuttoning my blouse a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you but, do, uh, just, just be sure to go. Kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll probably make it, I think, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's get to uh, some follow up from previous shows. You know, uh, two weeks ago we did Thanks Killing. Last week we posted our Halloweenish bonus pod, which is our top five. You know, characters. So, do you guys got anything you want to talk about for those two shows? Any amendments? You know, are you still reliving anything from Thanks Killing the movie? Greg, does your brain did it did it correct itself? Are you going the right way now? <laughs> anything? If- 
if anyone out there saw the movie and they hate us for choosing it, I'm sorry. But, um, you know, we got to go through the motions. If someone suggests a movie, we're going to do it. Yeah. Well, I definitely have an amendment to my top five Halloweenish character list. Okay. Yes. Uh, something that I'm not sure people know, but we, when that segment initially aired on the Slashing Cast Halloween convention, we had kind of a live, live chat going on. And it was really fun because a lot of uh, viewers were trying to guess who we were going to pick since we went in the order of, you know, five, four, three, two, one. And when it got towards the end, so our top picks, people were like, oh, okay, they're, they're saving characters from the movie Trick or Treat for last. Like, they mm -hmm. have to be top ones. And we had to reply and say, actually, no, none of us have seen that movie. So, obviously, we're not going to pick these characters if we haven't seen the movie. Well, I have since seen Trick or Treat. Oh, no. I've actually, wow. I, I actually watched it more than once. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. And for sure, I need to add at least one character from that movie to my top five. So I am going to add Sam from Trick or Treat. He is now going to go into my number three spot. Wow. He, almost, up. Wow. he almost took my number two spot, which is Michael Myers. But then I said, I can't do that to my my boy, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so that means that Donnie Darko is out. Wow. Got bumped down. Oh, got bumped down. Yeah. Donnie is not going to like that. Frank the Bunny is not going to be happy. Well. Yeah, he's not. But it's such a good movie. It is. It's definitely going to be a movie that I watch every Halloween without fail. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, did you watch any earnest movies? Because that would be no. my question to you. No? Oh, oh. okay. Well, well I, all the chat I saw and what people said is earnest was one of the best picks anybody had on that episode. So... Anybody mm -hmm. out there wants to email us in, let us know how cool Ernest is. You can hit us up conjecturingpod at Gmail. Uh, you know, make sure it goes to me, Rob, not Laura. She doesn't like those movies. Um, but I definitely wanted to shout Greg out. Like listening back to the episode, I loved Greg's picks. I thought Greg had the best picks out of all of us, like like all the Ooh. way through. Like cool. Loomis, the Batman Forever pick. You know, like, I, feel like, I feel like his yeah. picks were like the strongest, like Raul Julia you know, from Adam's family. I felt like, and, and even his his description of why he picked him, I thought were the strongest, mm. you know? So I definitely want to shout Greg out for having, I think the best top five picks. Good job, Greg. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, it was tough to make any amendments. I just, I loved all those Halloween-ish characters. Um, yeah. yeah. Raw Julia, especially. I mean, like YouTube any video of him in anything, literally, and tell me you're not blown away. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah, so if anybody wants to go back, listen to those episodes, if you haven't, you know, it's last week's episode and the week before that. Fun episodes, ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, we had a good time doing them, so, so it was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so now from fun to this fuck show... Uh, so the movie, <laughs> the, the the movie we're doing this week, uh, audition. Uh, so this is Greg's pick. So again, if you want to email anybody in, you can hit Greg up, conjecturingpod at gmail. You know, say what the fuck, whatever. Uh, Greg, so why did you pick this movie? You know, and why do you consider it a horror movie? I guess. I mean, it is. Oh man, you know, I I honestly don't didn't know anything about the movie before we watched it. I can say now it's a horror movie because of the last ten minutes, <laughs> mm -hmm. and we'll we'll get into that, but. Why I picked it, you know, I picked it on the fly. It was just one of those movies that uh, Quentin Tarantino had said good things. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, I, I just heard a lot from, you know, different directors saying that this was a really good movie. 
having n- known nothing about it or what it was even about. So, and then looking at my list just, you know, popped up and I thought, you know what, let's just watch this movie. Yeah. It, it popped out of a duffel bag. It popped out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it popped out of something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's definitely a horror movie. Fuck, man. This movie was yeah. fucked up, you know? Um, so, yeah, before we get into the movie a little bit more, let's get into our horror segment of the week. This week, we have something provided by Greg. So we have Greg doing his first game. Me and Laura have been frightened for about a week right now. I am so scared. (laughs) I'm so terrified. Why are you scared? You're like the champion of the games. No, we're not. (laughs) Yeah, we're not afraid to win or lose this game. We're just afraid after watching this movie and you being a real life serial killer of what the hell (laughs) you're going to make us do tonight. So far, our number one guess is that it's going to be some kind of fear factor game where you make us go into our fridge and eat like raw meats. And and Rob <laughs> even said that like you're going to arrange DoorDash to show up with like cow balls or cow dung on our <laughs> yeah. step. We're going to have to eat it. But between yeah. Laura, between cow dung and cow balls, which one would you eat if you had to eat one? I'd eat the ball. I mean, just you need the balls before the dung. <laughs> Health purposes, yeah. you got to go with the balls. Yeah. Yeah. Rip. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Oh. Okay. All right. No, Rob doesn't agree. He, he's going stung. <laughs> I mean, I'm no biologist, but no biologist I'm, I'm pretty sure oh, okay. the, the cow testicles are the way to go there. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. I'm, I'm ruining Greg's big reveal. All right, Greg. No, I so. got to say, though, I, I appreciate you guys giving me so much credit for maybe having such an extreme imagination. It is definitely not any of that crazy stuff that you just talked about. Okay. We're glad. We're glad. Okay. Good. All right, Greg. Yeah. So what do we got? Uh, so this week's game is called Raw Edition. So <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna describe it to you. Uh-huh. You two are auditioning for a role to be the new co-host on the Conjecturing Podcast. Oh my god, I'm so prepared. Oh. I got my blouse on, my hair. I'm cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Laura, you need to change your background to the audition studio. I do. Oh shit. Aside from agreeing with everything Greg says and having a fully stocked bar at all times so that you can prepare outrageously intricate horror-themed cocktails every week, Mm. it becomes readily apparent to you that the most important quality in a candidate is to also have an excellent working knowledge of interesting movie facts from the films reviewed by the Conjecturing Gang. Okay, I like it. Now, Mm -hmm. it's down to the last two candidates, you and one other extremely well-qualified competitor, and I am your auditioner. You're, you're You're looking very handsome tonight, Greg. Oh, it's just, the uh, oh, okay. Yeah. We're playing say, real dirty you know, here. Looking a little, yeah. you know. Okay. Well, Laura, you can top that if you want. It's mm-hmm. cool. I, I can't talk to you that way. That's not <laughs> fair. This is a double standard. Sorry. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to first name a movie that we've all reviewed and a character slash role from that movie and then ask you which actor or actress from the list to follow was considered or not considered to audition Ooh. for that role. Wow. Ooh. I love it, dude. This is really this is cool. Great. Okay. Yeah. 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 So what's going to happen is I'm going to go back and forth, you know, uh, between you guys, but here's the catch. Whether or not you get it right after every round for a bonus half a point, you'll be given the opportunity to recite a scripted line from that character <laughs> in the movie. However, okay. the other person will also have a chance to top you. It'll be a quote that I give you. Okay. So whoever does a better impression in my eyes as the auditioner gets that bonus half a point. Oh, Ooh, man. Well, my, I'm, I'm taking my pants off already. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Rock is ready? dirty, man. I oh, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Without further ado. <laughs> Got to get that tension music going there. All right. You guys oh, ready? Okay. 
Wait, what beat it? What beat is that? I oh, I don't know. It's just like a. It's a, it's a generic. Is that, like, <laughs> is that some E forty? E forty. Here we go. All right. Question one. All right. Going first. Oh, this is going to be for for Rob. Okay. Of course, I'm first. Okay. Yeah. The, the the cute ones go first. Come on. And we're going in. <laughs> oh, that's generally it. chronological that's order. It. Gloves are off. <laughs> All right. Question one. In Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street, we have the role of Freddy Krueger, played by Robert Englund, who was considered for the role until scheduling conflicts forced him to drop out. Was it A. David Warner, B. Nick Nolte, C. John Hurt, or D. Tommy Lee Jones? I want to say John Hurt. Final answer. Final answer. Wrong. Dang it. Can I guess now? You can. You won't get an extra point, but you can guess. Who is it? Nick Nolte. Nope. Oh, no way! It was Nick Nolte. It was David Warner. David Warner. So he's the he's like the the drama teacher from Scream Two. I don't know. He's kind of an old guy. Oh, oh mm-hmm. yeah. nice. He was almost gonna be Freddy in this movie. Okay, so Rob, it's your option. Do you wanna do you wanna try for uh for the quote? Yes or no? See, you have to think yes if you think you can nail it, but no if you think Laura can do it oh. better than you. All I want to do is nail something right now. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Oh your my quote, God. Your, your quote Sleeping from- your way to the job. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's got all the all the good one-liners here. Laura, you got to step up your game. So, Rob, your quote is, "How's this for a wet dream?" Let's let's hear it. Oh yeah. So I just have to say it however I want, or I'm supposed to act like it's from. Oh, this scene. is your audition, man. Oh, for my audition. Okay. All right. You ready, Greg? Okay. Yeah. Wait. What was the line again? How's this for a wet dream? <laughs> okay. All right. You ready, Greg? Okay. How's this for a wet dream? Mm. <laughs> there you go, Greg. Okay. <laughs> I thought I thought that was I thought that was pretty seductive. Everybody, he licked his finger <laughs> and like b- motioned toward his his nipple area. He didn't touch it, but he, he got yeah, no, it just, uh, within I, the vicinity. I, I was hovering hover, around it. Yeah. yeah. All right, Laura, you, you don't have to hover. You can go all the way. Just, okay. It's up to oh, you. Oh you my can talk I have a question though. Am I trying to be as similar as this character? Yes. Oh. Oh. I, I thought I was just so, trying to seduce you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. I'm in. All I'm right. in the wrong. I'm in the wrong edition. <laughs> All right. Ready? How's this for a wet dream? Yes. Rob. <laughs> Rob. Well, come on. You I killed mean, that. Half well, a point to Laura. Okay. Yeah. Well, now now I know what I'm supposed to do. I, I'm supposed to just reenact the scene. Not like yes. try to, you That's know. That's actually what Greg said when he said the said the rules earlier, if you oh, were paying okay. attention. But that's why I had to re-ask, why did Rob just try to like blow Seduce. his microphone? You know, it's very confusing. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> that might get you some bonus points at the end. You know, oh, yeah. I, know. I, haven't, I haven't decided yet on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now now I know. Now I know. Okay, all right, here all right. we go. Let me, uh, let me, let me, uh, let me, let me, un- all right, un- compose yourself. Let me yourself. Get compose myself. All right, all right. I'm, I'm less sexual now. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, sex it down. All right, Laura, yeah. same movie. You have Nancy played by Heather Langenkamp. Who of the following did not audition for the role? Ooh. Courtney Cox, Jennifer Grey, Demi Moore, or Brooke Shields? I'm going Courtney Cox did not. <laughs> Wrong. She did. Brooke Shields. Wow. Brooke Shields. Good mm-hmm. answer. I knew that one. All right. So you missed this one, Laura, but you have a chance. Um, you're, do you want to do the quote or you want to oh, pass? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Here, here's your quote. The quote is, 
she's responding to someone who asks her, where's your pass? And she says, screw your pass. Oh, man, she's so ditzy, too. Okay, let's see. <laughs> I'm the hall monitor. Excuse me, miss. Where's your pass? Screw your pass! <laughs> wow, I don't even know if I can compete with this. Man, I, f- I feel like Laura actually should just go audition for real movies. <laughs> this is really good. Okay, shit. Hmm. Yeah. All right, any, yeah, any directors out there? Uh, okay, so I get to go again. I get to go, Greg, too? Yeah, I'll set you up. I'll set you up. Here you okay, go. All right, okay, okay. Excuse me, miss. Where's your pass? Wait, what am I supposed to say again? I already forgot. You say, screw your pass. <laughs> screw, screw your pass? Yeah. Okay, all right, screw your pass. Okay, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, here okay. we go. All right, all right, okay. Excuse me, miss. Where's your pass? <laughs> screw your pass. Okay. <laughs> that was like a surfer dude. <laughs> I was I was channeling uh, the big booty girl from Thanks Killing. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Alright, 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 here we go. I'm sorry. That that goes to Laura. In fact, Dang. the the way that it said she kind of whispers the word pass, but I'd say Laura's the closest oh, to that. See, so. If I would have went more seductive and sexy, I probably would have got closer. You would have got it. it if you would have went the sexy Damn. route. See, I knew I should have just kept it going. Okay, all right. So, right. so, so, so Laura is winning two to nothing right now. No, it's one to nothing. You only get half a point from oh, the okay, audition right. line. So, Rob, you can still you can still catch up by getting the right answer. All right, I got this okay. one. I got this one. Next up, The Shining. Who of the following was not considered to audition for the role of Jack Torrance, mm. played by Jack Nicholson? Was it Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, Harrison Ford, or Robin Williams? Mm. Is there any trick questions? I'm not answering that because I'm. I'm almost 100% sure all those people were up for the role. Yeah, in this question, one of them was not considered to audition for the well, role. Oh, was Jack not considered. So the other three actually were up for the role. Yes. Okay, yep. can you read them again? Sorry. Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, Harrison Ford, or Robin Williams? It's uh, De Niro. Uh, oh, De Niro was it. considered, but, but Stanley Kubrick said that he wasn't crazy enough, that he had seen a recent <laughs> movie. And he just didn't have the the crazy eyes. Oh, the correct man. answer. Do you want to guess, Laura, just for fun, shits and giggles? My guess would have been Robin Williams. Nope. He was also considered receiving yeah. King vetoed him. The correct answer is Christopher Walken. He had oh. nothing to do with the auditions. Dang. So close. It's not over, Rob. Here's your here's your quote. If you're willing to try for it, if you think Laura's on a roll, you want to just pass this one up? No, no, no. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Right. I feel like the, the first one, I was super sexy. Second one, not sexy enough. I got to find a middle ground. I got to find a middle ground. It's like my midriff. I got to find the middle. Yeah. <laughs> the middle that no nobody needs to see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> here's, your, here's your quote. You can paraphrase it if you can't remember the whole thing. Wendy, darling, light of my life. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. Okay. I got this one. I got this one. I got All this right. one. Okay. Ready? Okay. Whenever you're ready. All right. Wendy, darling, light of my life. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. How about that? How about that? That was a little better. Was, I actually remembered how that inflection somewhat went. I like that. I like that. I still All feel right. like Laura is going to fucking destroy it. I feel like Laura is just on another career path that we don't know about. <laughs> I know. I feel like after this pod, we're going to get emails of like, hey, can we actually interview and audition this 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 woman? Can you fire her from your podcast so she can be in our movie? I know. Shit. <laughs> okay, Laura. She's channeling her character right now. I, see I know. It. I'm like, how do I remember that? Actually, I feel like I'm going to forget a line there somewhere in the middle. Do you want me to reread it? The, the words or you got it? No, I think I got it. Wendy, darling, light of my life. 
I'm not gonna hurt you, but I am gonna bash your brains in a little bit. <laughs> this is not even this is not even a fair game anymore now. Laura is like destroying this right now. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. I'm not the judge. Greg's the judge, but uh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Rob's your yours was good, but she had the crazy eyes. It's all about I the know. crazy eyes and the, the tilt of the head. I know. Ooh, but look, it's not over. Yeah, Laura's like Daniel Day Lewis in this shit. She's like becoming the characters <laughs> as we speak. It's freaking insane, you know? <laughs> Yeah, where do you get it from? This is crazy. I don't oh, know. and it's her turn too. Oh man, here we go. Number four, Labyrinth. Sarah, played by Jennifer Connelly. Which of these actresses was not considered for the role? Hmm. Meg Ryan, Sarah Jessica Parker, Helena Bonham Carter, or Lily Taylor? I think it was Meg Ryan. That was not right. Final answer. Yeah. Ding 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 ding! Oh, Got yay. the points. Yay. All right, Laura gets one. What is what is the score? Three to nothing. It's two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half to nothing. To nothing. Oh, okay. All right. So, do you want to do the line? Oh yeah, I'm gonna do the line every time. Oh, All right, fuck. here we go. All right. Okay. So you want to do it every time? Here we go. So your quote, Laura, is "My kingdom is great. You have no power over me." Who says that? Um, Sarah, the worm. No, it's always going to be the character that I, that the subject of the question is. Mm. God, actually, oh man, this one's going to be hard. Actually, this is like the most iconic line of the movie. Is she, is she staring? Is? At, is she staring at David Bowie's bulge as she says it? The second time she is. This the first time she's like. <laughs> reading out of her playbook in the middle of the garden rehearsing to herself oh it's mm. like the opening it's like the opening of the movie yeah mm. she can't remember the the line and but she nails it when she's mm. looking at the bulge at the end of the movie um so it's just my kingdom is great you have no power over me you got it okay <sighs> channeling again there she goes fucking daniel day daniel day lewis <laughs> <laughs> okay. Daniel day laura fucking shit i know i feel like i need to have one of those like cut cards when laura is about to go here we go no okay my kingdom is wonderful is that what it was my kingdom is great oh you have great. no power over me okay my kingdom is great you have no power over me okay <laughs> i don't know how she says it no i thought that was again like god damn it i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna react rob you gotta you can you, you, you know i you know i can see your face when she's finished right crick <laughs> When I see you smile like that, I'm like, damn it. Okay. All right. What is the line again? Line read. Line read. Line read. My power is great. You have no. My kingdom is great. You have no power over me. My power is great. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Rob already. He man and shit. Okay. My my kingdom is great. You have no power over me, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. My kingdom is great. You have no power over me. Oh, okay. This one goes to Rob. Yeah, oh finally. My God. Yes. Yeah, right. No, finally. Look, this is the one I, I knew it would trip you up, Laura, because she actually doesn't put that much energy into it. She's almost like reading it and memorizing and um, reciting a line from, uh, from so a script. Mine was so shitty, it was correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what he just said. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take look, any points I can gonna, right now. I didn't paraphrase that way that you did. I'm just laughing at his first part. He's like, my power is great. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do like her little accent she has. She had like a little weird accent, I think. Wow. All right, Rob, you are on the board. Yes. I got half a point? Yeah, so it's okay, two right. and a half to half. There we go. I'm coming up behind right. you now, Laura. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> I won't comment on that. But like, Rob, I'm sorry to say we're moving on to Scream. Ooh. Oh, dang. And it is uh, your guess, right? Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. My guess. Here we go. Yep. Okay, Rob, in Scream, which of the following actresses was not offered the role for Sydney Prescott? Was it Claire Danes, 
Brittany Murphy, Reese Witherspoon, or Jennifer Love Hewitt? Dang, this is a fucking tricky one, man. That is a, such a hard question. Yeah. Holy, I feel like shit. I feel like I can see all of them, and then I can see none of them. Fuck, I'm gonna say I'm just gonna guess and say Jennifer Love Hewitt, and hope Greg threw it in. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. That's it. Whoa, Jennifer Love sweet. Hewitt. Yeah. Nice. She nice. did uh, end up going to, I know what you did last summer, right? But she was not in, she wasn't even looked at for, for Scream. So the other three were. Sweet. Okay. All right. Here's your line. You got to make come back here. Let's go. All right. Here we go. So your line is, and this is after Billy comes to her and he says, I'm going to rip you up just like your mother, bitch. Something like that. And then she responds. This is when she's got like. Don't give him hints. I'm, I'm setting the stage. You got to set the stage. This is what auditioners do. Here's your line, Rob. Okay. You got to find me first, you pansy ass mama's boy. Oh, dang. Whenever you're ready. Trick- Man, this is a tricky one. Yeah, because the inflection, I have no idea where to go. With I'm this. fucking ready for this. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do that? Okay. Uh, okay. I think I'm ready. Okay. All right. <clears throat> you have to find me first, you pansy ass mama's boy. Ooh. That was okay. good. No, okay. I did. No, I did. Just went for it. All right. Passing the ball to you, Laura. Why do you set you up with, with the Billy line, too? I did it for Rob. Yeah, set me up. Set me up. Okay. I'm going to rip you up, you bitch, just like your fucking mother. Damn, that was good, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not auditioning here. It's, it's, I know. It's your yeah, guys' job. You got to find me first, you pansy-ass mother's boy. Oh, okay. Uh, Here's the thing. You didn't do anything with your face, though. No, no, no. Laura, You, I think you nailed like the vibe, but you missed. It's not mother's boy. It's mama's boy, which oh. Rob, the Rob is getting yes. at points. Yes. Shout out, shout out to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> this is Wheel of Fortune rules. You, you got to get the words. Mm-hmm. Damn. But but All props right. to both of you. That was pretty good. Dang, I can't believe I got a screen point on yeah. Laura. Wow. Well, you're lucky i took a shot because all my words are jumbled right now okay it's not too late laura um on the guy's side which actor was considered to play billy loomis oh no was it ben affleck bradley cooper leonardo dicaprio or james franco oh i think i think i know this one really mm-hmm. oh shit i just spilled water all over my desk oh that's negative um, one point negative one point <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I know this? No, I'm pretty disappointed. You're supposed to be our scream queen. I know. <sighs> um, Time limit. Oh my God. I don't. I'm between two. Let's just guess. I'm going to guess Leonardo DiCaprio. Incorrect. Yes. Damn. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was going to say J- James Franco. No, it wasn't. It, ben Affleck was actually what? considered to play this. He was this. like my last choice to guess, actually. All yeah. right. Well, uh, here's your redemption, Laura. The line is, do you like scary movies? Oh, yeah. I know you can do this. I feel like Laura does this every Sunday or something like that. <laughs> she just recites this line. Why like, Sunday? <laughs> I don't know. Scary Sunday. I don't know. I don't know why she saves Okay. Thing. Question. Am I saying it in Billy's voice because he says it? Or am I saying it like the scream voice it's your interpretation you're saying it oh like in the in the voice alternator voice where it's like yeah uh, yeah over the phone the way drew barrymore hears it when she's talking to him oh fuck i can't do that yeah you can i mean you did freddy all right you take another shot if it'll help (laughs) i need to be like uh the exorcist lady and eat some raw eggs (laughs) (laughs) all right do you like scary movies I, do you know? Do you know who that sounded like? Do you guys remember the movie Little Nicky? 
Yes. That was little Nicky, Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. That was terrible. I cannot do the screen voice at all. I've never been able to do it, ever. That <laughs> <laughs> was like a little, those little slight little lisp, lisp in there, too. What's there? Yeah. Alright, it was not bad, but Rob, you gotta if you can top it, you got you can get that half point. Okay, what's the what's the line again? Okay. Jesus, you like Rob. scary movies. Okay, alright. <clears throat> okay, ready? <clears throat> Do you like scary movies? With that that was, that that was, pretty was good. super aggressive. Well, at least it wasn't little Nikki, so I think I got a <laughs> point already. Saying, but he's not aggressive at that point when he says that. Well, anyway, yeah. whatever. I'm not I'm not he's the... also not mentally well, challenged, so Yeah, you guys are the auditioners. You have zero to say. You better sit down. Yeah, that's true. Oh, wait, I gotta sit say down. lines. Okay. Let me, let me sit down. Let me sit down. I'm gonna okay. say this one goes to Rob. Yes. This is this is got when it. he's angry and he, he doesn't like it. Yes. I got no. Two screen points against Laura. I feel like even if I he lose, I'm a winner. Not say it angry. I'm sorry, auditioner, but you're wrong. He's got the gusto. Got got the goose no. down, Laura, sorry. when he says do you like scary movies he's super calm he's like flirty he is not angry he's flirty oh then yeah. i, I should have went back i should have reverted back to my sexual one then okay but i didn't yeah he's not oh, angry right. judge decide sorry Laura. you I gotta, gotta go with it can't go back all right we're we're just about second to last question here okay here yeah. we go back to you rob here we go 1982's the thing oh, rj mccready played by kurt russell okay mm-hmm. who was not considered for the role Jeff Bridges, Christopher Walken, Harrison Ford, Ed Harris. <laughs> it's like all the same people from the show. I know. They were just oh trying out for movies back in the day. Not considered yet. To audition. Yep. <sighs> I'm going to say Ed Harris. <sighs> this he one's was. like, yeah, this is a guess. Yeah. Yeah. Harrison Ford. He was not considered, strangely oh. enough. He would have been the, per- I don't know, I think he would have been a good alternate. Yeah. I, I only wow. picked Ed Harris because he's bald and I can't see him with fake hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go. Here's the line. And it's, you guys probably recognize this is when he's talking to Childs, where Child says, What do we do? And he says, Why don't we just wait here for a little while, see what happens? Okay. I got Very this famous got this line. One. Yeah, I got this one. I got this one. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. You ready, Greg? Okay. All right. Get my little, get my bottle here. You know, got a little, oh, you know, get oh, into character here. Good. You know, he's got props. Okay, ready? Lord, okay. do you have a prop with you? All right. You, are you going to set me up, Greg? You're you going to set me up, Greg? Yeah, I'll, I'll set you up. Okay. What do we do? Why don't we just, uh, you know, wait here a little bit and see what happens? <laughs> I fucked that one up, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like four extra words. I think I think I was seducing him again. <laughs> I'm like, why don't we just uh, see what the night takes us? <laughs> you brought the bottle into the screen. I know, I dang. Get, you me, get did you pour me a drink? I drank it all myself. Sorry. All right, all right, cool, cool, cool. You can pour me a drink oh, if you want. Dang, Laura. I think it's Laura's dang, and I messed that one up. <laughs> all right up to you laura you get this half point if you want yeah if you just say the words in order without <laughs> <even> acting <laughs> you'll get a point <laughs> just, just don't, write, add, write don't add any extra yeah. words <laughs> just write them on a piece of paper and you, you get got a point this. <laughs> wait what can you say it again <laughs> why don't we just wait here for a little while see what happens all right oh, man. why don't we just wait here for a little while see what happens Oh, that's really good too. That's yep. it. Laura's got, got that one. She got the lines and she did really well. So I wouldn't have got that one anyway. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I got lost. I got lost in the snow. Rob, you had the yeah. beard too. You had the you had the physical the visual advantage mm-hmm. and the bottle. But okay, yeah. you should have just told me to make the thing noise or something like that, and I could have been the creature. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That that one that half point goes to Laura. Here's okay. here's the all very right. last. Yep, yep. Ten point question, Greg. Give it to me. Okay. All right. Here here's the last question. It's <laughs> worth two two full points. What's the and score? I'm not gonna, Score? Uh, I don't know what the score is, but I'll tell oh, you. At the yeah. End. Okay, you're gonna trick us. Okay. All right. All right. This one goes back to Laura. In Halloween, 
Mm-hmm. We have the role of Dr. Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> uh, which one of these was not considered for the role? Christopher Lee, Paul Newman, Yul Brenner, or Walter Matthau? So, Christopher Lee, you know him, Saruman from Lord of the Rings, Count hmm. Dooku, Star Wars, Paul Newman. Everyone knows Paul Newman. Salad dressing. Mm-hmm. Yul Brenner, Ramses from the Ten Commandments. You know him, Walter Matthau, Grumpy Old Man. I'm going Walter Matthau. Incorrect. Mm. Man, I would wow. correct. That's surprising. Walter Matthau in that role. Yeah. yeah, that's weird, right? It was Yul Brenner. He was not considered for this role. Mm. Okay. Mm. What's our what's our All line? Right. What's our Here's the line. line. Rob, this is your favorite line, so you better get ready for this. If <laughs> okay. Flora can't deliver. Okay. Hey. Hey Lonnie. Get your ass away from there. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. I'm okay. ready. All right, hopefully I can remember it. <laughs> Here we go. Kids walking right up to the house. You're hiding behind the hedges and roll. Oh wait, say that one more time. Sorry. Hey, hey Lonnie. Get your ass away from there. Get your ass away from there. Got it. All right. Get your, ready? Get your booty. Your booty away from Stop there. Stop it. Shh. Okay. You're behind. Tushy. Okay, ready? Hey, hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. Dang, man, that's that's Ooh. almost like perfect. Dang. I know. All right, I'm not going to lo- uh, rob. That's tough, that's tough. Let's no, see what tough. you can do. Let's see what you can do. Okay, all right. <clears throat> okay, what's the line again? Let me see. Let me hey, you. hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. So two hay's and an ass. Okay. There are two hay's and two a hay's single and ass. Singular. Okay. All right. Okay. And asses. <laughs> I gotta make sure. I gotta make sure I'm the one that fucked up the line. So. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. You ready? Okay. <laughs> Lori's like falling off her chair. It was not that funny of a joke. <laughs> it's actually a genuine question. <laughs> Why she started off? He's like ass. Uh, oh. <laughs> hey, hey, ass. <laughs> Get your hay away from their ass. Uh, I mean, oh. <laughs> you guys know I'm. Ne- you guys know I'm not doing anything more than podcasts. I'm never going to get a role in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready, Laura? You okay? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> okay. I'm trying to remember this one. Okay. All right. Okay. I have to be like Laura and cut my mouth too, so I can copy her. Okay. All right. <clears throat> okay. Hey. Hey, Lonnie. Get your ass away from there. Hmm. That booty. Get that booty out of here. <laughs> That was actually pretty good. I, I I give you guys both points for doing the the cupping over the mouth and kind of like loud whisper through the hedges. Laura gets this one though. That yeah, was... I know. Laura got it. That's why I didn't care. And I had a booty at the end. Yeah, <laughs> good effort. Good effort. <laughs> Laura like nailed down. That was a really good one. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was really good. Laura, good job. Good job. All right. Well, let's so let's tally up the points. Here we go. Laura's got one, two, three. She's got four. Laura or uh, Rob, you've got two and a half. So. This one goes to Laura. Dang, I don't get a five-point bonus question, Greg. Come on, five-point bonus question. That was your bonus. That was my bonus question. Oh, that was man. your bonus. Nothing about oh, Justin Long. You couldn't throw Justin Long in there so I can get a point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can I do? Can uh, I do the? Can I do the rat scene from Jeepers Creepers for four points? Rats. Yeah. Rats. <laughs> Laura probably would get that point too. I couldn't. I couldn't outdo her. Yeah, I got. I got to give it to Laura. She destroyed like all the acting portions in this movie, other than the scream ones, which. Uh, I'll say I actually can, you know, for me being a loser, I'm partially a winner for beating Laura and Scream. So I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely cannot do the Scream voice at all. It's just so hard for me. Yeah, I was even the better Sydney. So that's pretty cool. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, Judge said so. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised with all the different like horror 
movie props that you have just at your disposal, Laura. You don't have one of those voice changers. Well, mm. now you've put that idea in my head. I don't know. <laughs> there you, go. Mm. you never know when Greg's going to come back and play this game again. Yeah, yeah Greg, we'll this was an awesome was game. game. Mm. This was really good. Yeah, you guys did a really good job. I didn't know. I thought some one of you guys would pass up on some of them because, you know, if you thought the other person would do better. But yeah, props no. to you guys for it's taking the, it on. The funnest part is the acting part. It's, yeah. like, it's <laughs> the most ridiculous, it. you know. Yeah. But now I know, now I know next time, you know, maybe if you give us a heads up, I got to go to some acting classes. I got to start hitting <laughs> up some uh, open mic nights or something like that. I got to get a little better because uh, I cannot hang with Laura. There's no way. So, yeah, if anybody wants to email us in, <laughs> let us know any other, you know, movies we can use for this game for future games. You know, who who are the actors that weren't considered or were considered? You can hit us up conjecturing pod at Gmail or Twitter, Instagram at conjecturing pod. Um, yeah, so let's, uh, you know, it's time to get into the movie now. I think we've been already on for over an hour. So let's get into the movie now a bit. Uh, so... <laughs> Like, what the fuck kind of podcast is this? <laughs> like, why are they, why are they just uh, saying bad lines to movies? They're not even good. You know? Hey, they're good lines. Oh, that's true. That's true. I'm bad. That's true. I'm bad. Yeah. Yeah. I should have just, just stuck to try to seduce Greg. Maybe I would have won. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get to our movie. So, you know, now it's time to uh, never trust Laura again, you know, being a woman and get to the movie this week. So. <laughs> what no that that is that's my takeaway from this movie don't trust women let's um, never trust women. <laughs> so the, the the movie the movie we're doing uh audition you want to piss a woman off really because uh oh my god i got wire somewhere i know you, you definitely do yeah <laughs> hopefully you don't want your feet anymore yeah, well, I, we can't go anywhere. We're quarantined, so I don't need them. So that's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the movie we're doing is audition. It's a Japanese subtitle movie, 1999 film. Uh, Greg, can you say the director's name? All the names are going to be provided by Greg because I cannot pronounce any of these things. Greg is really good at this stuff. Oh, um, man. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's like Takashi Miike. There you go. Oh, Takashi Miike. Uh, box office for this movie was just 131, pretty much thousand dollars in the United States uh, when this came out. I mean, this definitely probably got a big following on VOD when it finally came out and stuff like that, and streaming yeah. services because it's it's super highly rated. Um, so interesting facts. Do you want to do interesting facts, Laura? Yes. Oh, I do, sort of. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this one was provided by Greg. During the audition scene, one of the girls answers Ren Osugi to the question, who's your favorite actor? This is a famous Japanese actor who also plays Shimada. That is the guy in the duffel bag. Uh, so the auditioners obviously laugh at her answer. That's pretty funny since mm -hmm. he's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's like an inside joke, ironic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one is really hard for me to read. Okay, exactly dog, there. Uh, the dog bowl of vomit that's fed to May's prisoner is in fact actual vomit of actress Aihi. Uh, Mike claims that Aihi is a method actress and insisted on doing this. Wait a second, though. But wait, yeah. the the Aihi is the girl. Yeah. So <laughs> so she's so method that that she would barf in the bowl, but then. She's so method is making another actor be method with her and, and lick it. <laughs> <laughs> he 
Here's the thing I noticed. <laughs> this is really gross, but I did notice that when she is carrying the bowl mm -hmm. and it like spills out, it's like kind of like a a darker yellow and like mm -hmm. kind of chunky. And then when she puts it down, it definitely looks different. It looks oh, like okay. almost like a golden milk. Oh, so color. they didn't make him actually eat oh, it. They just yeah. they let That's her what I was trying to be like, wait, like it's one thing if the guy drinking it is so method he as he's like, you need yeah. to vomit in this because I need to really eat it. That's one thing. But for her to vomit in and be like, hey you act other actor guy that's not really that into this, drink my vomit. Like that's fucked up. You guys, it is I can't I like it hurts me to talk about it. It's so gross. I'm surprised that wasn't in Greg's game. I think this is why we thought Greg's game was gonna be really fun. Yeah, up. exactly. <laughs> Things about this movie. I was Greg, really... if I drink some vomit right now, can I get five points back from that oh. game? <laughs> no, but I want to see that anyway. What? I don't. I'm gonna leave. No, if I don't have any points, it doesn't matter. Come on. Oh my god. <laughs> Next point, Laura. Next All right, point. this is a little bit more upbeat. The music video for My Chemical Romance's song, Honey, The Mirror Isn't Big Enough for the Two of Us, is based on this movie as they recreated several of, of the audition, romantic dinner, and torture scenes in their video. That's super cool. That's super yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you think, older Greg? Songs. Yeah, yeah. You're, like one of the, you're like the musical person on this show, too. Yeah, I, li I like My Chemical Romance. It's one of their older songs that a lot of people don't really know about, but... For whatever reason, they um they chose this movie as like their inspiration. I think that song is wow. kind of about like a you know like a, a female intruding on their musicians like sex, drugs, rock and roll lifestyle and having to deal with that. Um, so they kind of took this movie as like inspiration. They recreated a lot of those uh, horrific scenes that we saw. Dang, that's definitely a fucked up music video. Then yeah. All right, uh, Greg, you want to do cast of this movie? Sure. Um, we've got maybe half a dozen characters in this movie. Um, but uh, so you've got Aihi Sheena. She plays Asame. She's the main girl that you see on the cover art um, of this movie. Ryo Ishibashi is Oyama. He's the main protagonist male. Jun Kinomura plays Yasuisu, uh, and he's essentially he, he's uh, Oyama's like co-producer, co uh, colleague. He's kind of like the sleazy businessman guy. Tetsu Sawaki, he plays Shigeko, that's the main guy's son. Miyuki Matsuda, that's the main guy's wife, who uh, she passes away in the beginning of the movie, but we see her come back in various memories and flashbacks throughout the movie. And then Toshi Nagishi, she plays Ri, and that's Oyama's housekeeper. Nice, nice. Good job, Greg. Good pronunciation. Good yeah. Job. Good job. That was very seamless. Yeah, it was respectful, unlike me trying to pronounce some of these names. Yeah. Uh, okay, Laura, you got synopsis. What do you got here? Okay, so this movie is about a widowed man, Oyama, uh, who's raising a son alone and is like a somewhat lonely man. And he decides that he wants to start looking for a new wife. And his buddy, who's in the film industry, he tells him that they can basically make a movie and have a bunch of women audition to play the role of Oyama's wife. And he can therefore be a part of this process and meet women and potentially marry one of them. And he immediately becomes rather obsessed with one younger woman in particular, Asame. And through a very slow burn of a movie, <laughs> we learn <laughs> exactly who this woman is and what she's all about. And it ain't pretty. It's actually extremely <laughs> revolting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that sums it up, Laura. Good job. Yeah. Um, 
so let's just start with the opening in this movie. You know, the opening of this movie, you know, the audition, you know, kind of part of this movie. So what did you guys think of the opening? Um, it's not crazy yet. So maybe you guys like the opening. What do you, what do you think, Greg? What do you, what do you think of the opening? Depends on what you call the opening. They really spend yeah. like, gosh, it seems like an hour and a half of the movie just talking about these characters and the, and the scheme for the audition. The opening of the movie, you see, it, I think it's meant to give you some background into Oyama's character. And it, it opens up with him at his wife's hospital bed and she's dying from some unknown illness. And you see her heart monitor go down to zero and she, she dies, which is sad. And his kids coming down the hallway with like a get well craft. So you're immediately understanding that they're going through, you know, he's, he's become a widower. Um, and then it flashes to a scene where, they're fishing. It's like seven years later. And, um, you know, they have a little bit of father-son banter back and forth. And, you know, the next few scenes are just you getting to know Oyama uh, and, you know, what he is and how he's been coping since the death of his wife and what he does for a living. And you see that his son is now a little bit older. What do you, what age would you say that he is? Like, he's in his teens now, right? Yeah. yeah. I think, I think I wrote down like 16 or something like that. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, exactly. He's a, so he's kind of at the age where he's going to be dating and you spend the first few scenes, like his son is starting to, I don't know, like, like invite friends over and be interested in, in girls. And he kind of makes a mention to his dad, like, Hey dad, you need to start dating again. You need to marry again. You seem lonely. You seem worn out. Um, and so it's just based the intro of the movie. There's really nothing, you know, fantastic or j- shocking or jarring like you would expect in a traditional horror movie, which makes it really interesting. But you get to know these characters pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Lara? What do you think of like the opening of this movie? You know, I thought it was pretty cheesy, actually. I mean, it's it's a 90s movie. I know it's late 90s, but I thought that the opening was super cheesy. Um, you know, it starts off with this really sad scene of the mom dying. And it's just accompanied by like the worst rom-com sad music. <laughs> and then, you know, when you get to the end of the movie, you're like, this doesn't even fit. This is crazy. Um, yeah. So like in the beginning, I was just like, okay, this is like, you know, average setup and learning about this family. I mean, he successfully raised his teenage son who seems like a nice boy um, but you know, you get that theme right from the beginning, the way they're talking about women from the beginning of the movie, you know, the son's like, you should marry, you know, like it's okay, I'll get married tomorrow. Like it's that easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he meets up with his buddy who just so happens to be in the film industry and tells him I'm going to marry. And his buddy's like, who? And he's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't know. I'm just going to marry someone. And so like from the beginning, you definitely get that set up. You know, whether it's the generation or the culture, um, you know, this is a Japanese movie. Um, mm-hmm. That setup is pretty clear from the beginning. And uh, they essentially scheme to make a movie, which it was pretty unclear to me whether the movie was actually going to be made. It sounds like they like he was thinking about really making it if it mm-hmm. got funded. which it didn't. And that way his buddy could not only meet all these women, but he could look at their resumes and their photos and their stats. And they all had to write an essay. And so read really personal essays and kind of pick 30 women of this lot, you know, to audition. Yeah. I mean, he he really only picked one. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's funny how one caught his eye, but literally the 29 other women they picked. So that whole montage was very comical to me. (laughs) 
Like, yeah, it was. Um, it was just very silly. Like, all these different personalities of women that they're interviewing. Like some were crazy, some were super sexy. Yeah, it looked like we, you know, when you would watch uh, American Idol and they would show a lot of silly people who mm-hmm. were clearly they never had a chance. Yeah, you know, but they were just auditioned anyway, and they were kind of made to look silly for entertainment purposes you had a lot of that mm-hmm. yeah i mean i really actually like the opening in this movie i think i actually like a lot of this movie but the opening i thought it did a really good job of establishing like you know this this man this husband this widower mm-hmm. and just like yeah how sad he is kind of you know i mean you know one of my favorite scenes is the opening of this movie where him and his son are just sitting at a dinner table together and i think if they're eating the fish that they caught you know while they right. were fishing mm. Yeah. And the way it shot, I thought was so interesting and cool. And I don't know if it's just a low budget thing or not, but the whole dinner scene, it's just shot from the dad's back. So you don't see the the, the father's face at all. You're seeing mm. the son talk to him and ask him questions and, and talk about being worn down and this and that. And the whole like maybe three minute scene, the camera doesn't move. It, it looks like it's you know shot from maybe the other the other room, and it's just the father's back the whole time, kind of like slouched in his chair, just eating, kind of talking a little bit. But I thought just that one choice to like not show his face during that scene where he's you're setting up kind of like the remorse, it was so powerful to me because it was almost like he was not ready to show himself to anybody. Mm-hmm. He wanted to keep his back to everybody in his life, you know, to any possibility of another woman. And it's not until he has this, you know, thing from his son saying you should marry again. Okay. And then the camera kind of turns and you could see his face more. He opens up more mm-hmm. physically and emotionally. So I thought that choice to open the scene with just him, all you see is his back for three minutes talking. I thought that was actually really cool. And it made me feel sorry for him. Wow. I mean, then you get into the audition part and I'm kind of like, it's like a weird battle between I feel sorry for him. And then it's like, you're kind of a creeper. Yeah. You know, as much as he even tries to tell himself, he says in the audition before it starts, like, I feel like we should be arrested. Like, I feel like this is wrong, you know? So he grinds to like battle with it. The other guy, his partner guy is just completely a creeper. I mean, I want to say more than half his questions. He asked the girls were about sex. You know, would would you do a nude scene? Have you had sex? Are you a a street worker? Like all, you know, and I feel like every question. So I'm like, this guy's clearly a creeper, but our main character seems like he's not, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, as this movie kind of like goes through, it is a weird battle through this whole movie of like, is he a good guy? Is he not? Do you care for him? Do you not? So it's really interesting, but I thought the opening did a great job of setting up that sorrow and you actually kind of giving a shit about him that pays off later on in the movie. So I actually enjoyed the opening. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I mainly wanted to ask Laura being, you know, of course the only female on this pod, um, as much as I'm wearing a blouse, but yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, Laura, like I wanted to know, like, did it do enough in the beginning of this movie of making you feel sad for him and, and showing that actually like he wanted a real relationship. Was that enough for you to overcome like the creepiness of what they did? Yes. It was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I felt sorry for him. I mean, I guess I'm probably giving him a lot of credit because I was looking at this through the eyes of like, okay, this was the 90s. Okay, this is Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's essentially doing what so many 20 and 30 year old men are doing right now on a dating app. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we're only seeing it from in the scenes we get or him and his buddy and his buddy sucks. So I mean, that's <laughs> not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but even in those scenes, you know, he, he does feel worried about it. 
Um, he, he shows some remorse of how they're going about it, even though he's like, man, I'm going to really benefit from this, but, oh, is it the right thing to do? But I agree. I never once thought that if he did meet someone through this, maybe not so great process, I totally believed he was going to treat her right and love her and care for her and like not be sleazy. That was going to be it. I mean, he seemed like when he became obsessed with this one girl, I don't think she could have done anything. He was like in love with her. So, yeah. So So I, maybe this is not the typical female opinion of this movie, but I didn't want anything to happen to him. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is the whole purpose of the opening of this movie is to establish that. I just wanted to know, like for me, it did work too, but I'm a man. So of course I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I have a different view, but you know, so I'm glad that Laura, you at least saw it and we can't speak for anybody else, but but, uh, you know, I'm glad this movie, because without that this movie does not work at all right if right away yeah. you don't like him and you think he's a sleazeball then this movie doesn't work at all he's so, not he's just I know. you yeah. know like an older nice man who's never yeah. really you know. yeah yeah but so speaking of you know them you know getting together a bit and he has you know likes her he mostly likes her because of an essay she wrote about being a ballet dancer and she got injured and she couldn't do it anymore and she pretty much talks about loss and losing something she loves and how to move on. And it resonates with him having lost his wife mm-hmm. and having to move on with himself. And I think that's the big thing that really sparks, you know, his, this connection with her other than of course her being very young and beautiful. And, you know, I don't know how old she was, but I mean, she looks so young. It's crazy, but yeah. uh, let's talk a little bit about like the courtship, the dates they went on because it does have a payoff later on in the movie. So what do you guys think of like those scenes where they're actually like going on dates? He's getting to know, her a little bit more well man it's actually <laughs> yeah i have to say it's it's hard for me to say because it was one thing the first time i i saw it and then it was a, a completely different thing the second time that i saw it mm-hmm. but um i let's go with like the first time I, I i watched the movie i thought it was okay i mean uh he brings her out to just have lunch and he kind of asks some gentle questions about her past kind of probes into like well about your family about your work about whatever and um she kind of gives him like vague answers and he doesn't really have any news about the role yet again and you would think that this would be a red flag like why is it why is the executive taking me to lunch although there's no news on whether i got the role okay interesting Mm -hmm. but um so they they have a couple of those a, a couple of those scenes they go to lunch they go to dinner they talk they kind of it's like you said rob it's a courtship they get to know each other and of course you know he's head over heels like it it doesn't take him very long to think oh i'm gonna marry this woman um and (laughs) after a couple of dates you know he decides okay well let's take her to a nice hotel a nice getaway weekend and um he you know within it seems like a short amount of time he's ready to to marry her yeah yeah i i told my wife because my wife did not watch this movie with me I, I you know i was like no you don't need to watch Good. this one but nah. uh I, I told my wife this guy in this movie like loving her right away i kept thinking of the movie elf when when uh will ferrell falls in love and he's just running around being like i'm in love i'm in love and nothing <laughs> matters and like i feel like that was this guy in this movie it's just like he's head <laughs> over hills right away and like nothing's gonna stop him yeah you know uh yeah, yeah. So what, what did you think about like the courtship and the dates and stuff laura yeah even though i i only watched this movie once and i had no idea what was ahead of me I truly just no clue what to expect but 
something definitely felt off in those scenes. It felt too good to be true there you for go. either of them. So, yeah. you know, he, you know, like you said, he doesn't think anything of it, but he's just inviting her to lunch, even though he's supposed to be a professional a director, quote unquote. So, but she's like, can't wait. And she you know, waits for his phone call and, and attends and she's so prim and proper in these scenes. And, you know, it just seems too easy for him. So then even though it's like, I didn't know what was going to happen, I was like, well, clearly she doesn't care. And there's mm -hmm. like a motive there. So, but I like couldn't put my finger on it because she is, she was probably the best actress in this whole movie because I, I bought it. She was so like, you know, she had such a soft voice and she was kind of monotone and she was so she was so timid she was timid and yes mm -hmm. so crazy which goes back to what they all what they wanted they were scheming that okay they were even talking about what what is the ideal woman as if they were like shopping for you know something car. And like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah he goes yeah what does he say he says i feel like i'm shopping for my first car again that was kind of funny but the fact that he was relating you know, getting a relationship to his car, you can see how outdated his thinking was. But they basically just want, you want a, a woman that's obedient, well-trained, mm -hmm. well-mannered, good-natured. There were some admirable traits that I thought, you know, I was glad to hear that he was looking for someone who was accomplished, mm -hmm. that, that had achieved something. It wasn't just, oh, I want a big you know, girl with long legs and big boobs. It was like, well, I want a girl, you know, a woman who's accomplished in some type of traditional arts, which again, now that relegates women to a role where it's like well now they can only be dancers and singers or some type of accomplished like stereotypical female role they can't be like an accomplished businessman so again you get into like misogynistic territory but again for the, for the most part she played the exact role they were looking for someone who's yeah. sweet passive submissive gentle mm -hmm. and she did that really well and then so to see how she flipped it toward the end was amazing she did a yeah. great job yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think sprinkled in here slightly a bit is uh, the the main guy's like business partner kind of telling him to like, hey, slow your roll, like yeah. chill a bit, like some of her information like isn't checking out. We can't find her agent like the guy's been missing for two weeks, like, you know, none of this. So he was kind of like trying to warn him. But like I said, he's just fucking in love. He doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's just yeah. like wants to go gung ho and everything like that, you know, which is actually kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, I thought it was actually really interesting talking about how timid and you know reserved she is. One thing, I, one of my biggest positives in this movie is wardrobe. And mm -hmm. if you guys notice this, she is dressed in full white for most of this movie. Very to yeah. me, me, you know, you know, meaning pure or you know innocence and then as they're going on her dates there's one scene where they're in a car together and she kind of like you know m not miss misspeaks but she kind of like he he says like oh can i call you and she gets like really excited she's like oh yes like really quickly and that's kind of like not not disrespectful but in their culture you're supposed to like maybe wait until she responds yeah so that's showing like a little bit more of you know not being so pure and in that scene she's wearing a red coat mm. and so like and then as you go through this movie of course you get to the end and she's wearing black and so like i thought like wardrobe in this movie for like this character like resembling like the colors of progression is fucking genius wow you know so like just just, that. just the great. courtship parts are just very interesting because she does flip the switch you know yeah. on him in this movie you know um yeah, yeah let, let's get into a little bit like greg talked about here like the whatever you want to call it the 
the sex scene, the the little trip they go on, because that's really when you start churning the this was nice and lovely to like something's fucked up here. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> Lord, you kind of want to talk about that scene a little bit? Yeah. So I, you know, up until this point, nothing weird has happened. I think actually, I think the only thing that's weird is that they have a few shots of her sitting in a almost empty apartment, mm-hmm. like um, with a huge duffel bag sack <laughs> yeah. thing. And you're, and you're mm-hmm. like, is she moving? What's going on? And, you know, she's just kind of like sitting there and she's so like frail and skinny mm-hmm. and they they zoom in on the bones in her back because she's hunched over so you get like that cervical spine right there Oof. yeah like that shot yeah she's and just she, like she's just staring at the phone waiting for him to call yeah with her hair, so, like dangling down like yeah. ringu or yeah you're like ringu, yes mm-hmm. and so i think you do get those scenes so you know at least in my mind i was like well clearly she leads a very troubled life like she needs him you know, and his stability and success, whatever. But up until, you know, this trip, everything is just so lovely, like you said. And so they are in the room and it's kind of awkward. You can tell they obviously haven't spent a night together yet. And they've got some time to kill before dinner. So he's trying to suggest all of these really nice things they could do, take a walk, go to a museum. And she just kind of starts ignoring him and undressing. Yeah. walking over mm-hmm. to the bed um and you could tell he's super nervous he's like oh my god is this happening oh. mm-hmm. and he walks over to her and he's about to start undressing and she tells him to stop and then she says that you know she she says this a lot through the movie she just wants to be honest with him i want to be honest with you and tell you everything and so she reveals that she has this horrid scar in her inner thigh and so that's also when you're like, okay, how did she get this scar? Mm-hmm. But again, this guy does not give a shit. He is like, I don't care that you're all scarred up down there. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> he just loves her so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then she asks him, I think three times, she says, promise to love me and only me yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's when you're like, Okay, this is starting to get a little like, (laughs) like, that's not a normal thing you say to somebody, (laughs) right? Almost like I'm not going to let you sleep with me until you answer this correctly. And then that's Mm -hmm. it. We're, you know, bound together. Mm -hmm. It's like a contract. And he, of course, says like, yes, absolutely. And then the scene, which should have been them jumping in bed together and wrestling around, all of a sudden, there's like a huge sound effect, like a bang. And it Mm -hmm. turns into him waking up all confused and disheveled. And pretty much that kicks off the second half of the movie. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of like, he's confused. He seems drugged. He's having like hallucinations here and there. But a lot of the times these like dreamlike sequences. And this is the really interesting part of this movie. It's real information we're getting, Mm -hmm. even though he wasn't there. Yeah, it's yeah, the second half is very it's weird. Like you said, it's almost like psychedelic. I don't know what to believe yeah. or what's true or because, you know, I, I know this is one thing we do want to talk a little bit about, you know, a little bit later here. But like, you know, they like flash back the scenes. And I know Greg loves when they flash back to movies and reveal information that was not there before. But like yeah. part of it is like I'm trying to figure out, wait, is this like the real scene? the real dates because they pretty much rehash all the dates he's been on with her, but yeah. she's saying different things. 
And so like when they get to that part, I'm trying to figure out, wait, is this what she really said? But he was so in love that he heard what he wanted to hear. Like I, that's one part I don't really know and I don't understand, but uh, yeah, but, but definitely the sex scene part. It's, it's so crazy. Like you said, you know, this guy's just gung ho and he wants to do it. But from her perspective, it's just so crazy because, like I talked about this, her being so timid and pure, and then going to just her undressing herself mm-hmm. super quickly. You're like, whoa! Like, what is happening right here? I, yeah. I automatically thought of the scene from Halloween Three, season of the witch, when uh, when the when the guy and the girl from that movie of course like, just, just shack up in a motel, and she's just like, what are we gonna do, Doctor Chaz? And it's just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, wait, what's happening right here? I started, I put in my notes, like, is she a robot? Like, what's like, give what's him a ha- point for that? Give him a point for that. That All was right, a really good actor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only half a point behind Laura now. Maybe through this pottery will make it even. Yeah, but but like that scene is so crazy, you know. But one thing I noted, like talking about wardrobe earlier, you know, another scene, another thing I really liked in this, like not really sex scene part, but the sound effects used. The first time they show the duffel bag in one of the flashbacks earlier in the movie, the duffel bag moves and it has mm. like this very loud, like jarring sound of like a bag moving, but like kind of like a, a yell. And when they're going to have sex and she pulls the covers over both of them, it's the same sound effects they use for the bag. No way. So I, I wow. just thought like unreal. I, I, I'm glad that you said that. That's I just cool. thought like, wow, what a genius way to, especially being that that's the turn of the movie. Like you're turning this movie, you're throwing this guy in a blanket like a duffel bag and the rest is going to be like this guy's fucked but just the use of sound effects i thought was so cool in that fucking scene if you already watched this movie once i don't know if you could watch it again but definitely make note of that scene when they pull the covers the sound effects is exactly the duffel bag scene it's so cool wow yeah yeah let's let's get into now like the rejection like the the searching for her more of like the reveal of who she actually is because he's starting to become a little detective here Back to Halloween three again, you know, um, <laughs> he's just c- trying to figure out what happened to her. You know, he thought they were in love and they were going to get married and then she's gone and he doesn't know why. Um, so, Greg, do you want to kind of go from there and talk about that little part of the movie? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard because I, I again, I have two different interpretations of it, depending on the first time around. It's weird. So he, he go he looks into her file, the file that she supplied for the audition and the first place that he goes to is her old her old dance studio and she he, he, it's basically boarded up and he goes in and he sees a a guy in a wheelchair who's sitting at a piano playing a piano and when he turns around he's got like wooden feet and he <laughs> says some weird stuff to him and he ends up leaving there um then he goes to visit the bar that she claims to have worked at on her audition papers the stonefish bar and it's boarded is again another place that's locked up there's mail sitting on the floor and he can't get in and then some guy who's walking in the stairwell says oh it's been locked up for a year the owner was was murdered over a year ago and they found a bunch of fingers and and you know a tongue and some body parts there so again they shut the bar down so he's like what is going on so he's like trying to find her by looking into her past and just coming up with these really bizarre dead ends yeah yeah um what do you think do you have anything to add laura to those fucked up scenes where you're trying to reveal a little bit of her tortured past it's this is really hard for me and maybe i do have to eventually watch this movie again but i needed a break because this is not (laughs) my thing this uh quote-unquote torture porn you know that's kind (laughs) of what they call Mm -hmm. it even though it's not until the end but still Mm -hmm. um but it's hard for me to process these scenes because 
I like that we're getting all of this information, but I don't think it was executed well because hmm. he wasn't there. He doesn't. So the fact that he's having these visions, it doesn't make sense to me. But like, I know that we need this information and I'm glad that we're seeing it, hmm. but I, it doesn't make sense that he's the one seeing a tongue flopping around in that moment, or he's the one that all of a sudden, like, he's in her apartment and seeing what's in the bag. In the this bag. is what I, I just have problems with these scenes. Yeah. What's in the bag? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we definitely need to put a pin in that. That's a great observation. Laura. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, do you guys have any ones you want to pinpoint out when they get to like these reveals? I mean, I mean, one of the biggest things they reveal at this point is that the piano guy was her father, stepfather. So her mother remarried. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's the one that was like burning her when she wouldn't dance good and stuff like that, you know? Um, and I think this is also when they start trying to show that, you know, reverting back to the date scenes they were on and she's giving more information talking about her mother used to throw her downstairs and stuff like that. And her father, you know, would make her, her stepfather would make her, you know, dance and burn her when she would screw up. And so she definitely had a tortured childhood. Growing oh, up. yeah. She was fully abused. Yeah. Yeah. And and not only physically and verbally, but it also looks like it that turned into a sexual abuse. They definitely like insinuated that with her stepfather. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mm. very troubled past so much abuse. So it explains, you know, why she is the way she is. Yeah, it doesn't like justify what she does, but at least it gives you some information of like why mentally she's so messed up. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but one of the confusing things to me is like, you know, her whole thing is about like, you know, love me and only me. But like, why did she leave the hotel room? Like, what did he tell her something that I missed for all the damn flashbacks in this movie and all the scenes where he's like living her life through her eyes? Like, there's no scene where he like tells her I don't love you or I, you know, I had a wife. It seems like he never tells her those things. So I don't understand why she flips out and leaves in that moment unless I missed something. I think at that point, you you might be inclined to think that she actually had a deep connection with him and she was afraid of that. Maybe the, the past guys that she's had before have, again, taken advantage of her and she didn't know how to process that. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because they don't really go and specifically explain why she's gone. Again, seeing it a second time, I have my own ideas about it. But yeah, it, it doesn't seem very clear. Yeah. she So she men- mentions at the end, you know, she starts talking about his son and she kind of goes, oh, see, you do, so- you do love someone more than me or equal yeah. to me and I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And for being, you know, she's a very smart woman. So I took it as she actually knew this all along. Hmm. And she wanted to see if he would admit it and say, yes, I will love you and only you and no one else. And it's almost like she wants to catch the liars. So so if he would, if he would have just been honest with her at some point and said, like, I, you know, my wife passed away. I don't think he ever told her that I have yeah. a son. If he would have been honest about that part, you know, she might not have, you know, put needles in his eyeball. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that's the that's the moral of this fucking movie. Just be honest. Yeah. If you're going to if you're going to engage in a new relationship, just make sure to tell them all the different even platonic relationships. I've got a dog. I have a fish. Yeah. I have a turtle. I happen to love them. I don't know if that's if that's encompassed in your bubble of love. But yeah. 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 I have a family. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I do have to say real fast, I already talked about the first duffel bag reveal and not the reveal of what's in the duffel bag, but the first time you see the duffel bag move. Did yeah. you guys like 
did it was it a jump scare to you guys did you guys get scared yeah uh i think i knew there was a body in there i was like what else could that be i literally shit myself when this fucking bag <laughs> moved really it, i i jumped so far i remember greg told the story couple pods back you know about the biggest jump scare he ever got was watching free willy and you know and it, like he <laughs> in the free willy he watched it and the when the wheel <laughs> will jumps over the kid with the mullet in that Why movie tell you like, that? He, he just throws the popcorn <laughs> in the air but that was my free willy moment greg was this duffel bag you know <laughs> did you free willy at that moment i free willied it dude i free willied it yeah i was i was like holy shit it was just like i said it was it's almost going back to the sinister movie it was like the motion combined with the sound that they were using yes like the 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 sound of like the bag moving and then like a sound of like it, to me it was almost like a, a screamish noise it got me. I was like, oh, my God. I was just was not expecting it, you know? Uh, so that that one really got me, really got uh, me. So are, are we talking about what got us and upset us the most? Because I'm ready. Let's hear it. What do you got, Let's Laura? get into it. Let's get into it, Laura. Right. So which got you, Laura? I have said this a lot. I am not into super gory shit. Like, I'm not into that torture porn, you know, bullshit, like Saw and Hostel. I, I just, that's not my thing, you know? That's why I can't watch Human Centipede. I just, I can't do it. <laughs> And this fucking movie, even though they don't actually have that much blood in it, surprisingly, it is so disturbing and grueling. And I think out of every movie we've watched thus far, I had to turn away and in some scenes plug my ears. Mm, the sound, yeah. Mm -hmm. The sound, the, the images, it was too much. So specifically, the scene where she arrives at the abandoned ballet studio and her stepfather is there and he's in a wheelchair and he's missing feet and all that oh, right. um <laughs> she pulls out her trusty wire and she makes a comment about how this wire is so sharp it cuts through bone so easily and then she spends what feels like three full minutes i'm sure it's not sawing his head off and I mean, it was probably just like a one, two, three, and I, I turned away. I was like, <laughs> I can't watch this, but I can still hear it. Mm -hmm. So now I'm plugging my ears, but my husband's watching this movie with me and he was watching it. And so I'm watching his face. I have my <laughs> ears plugged. <sighs> I'm not watching the screen. I'm watching his face. And he is so disgusted that he eventually turns away. And, wow. you know, it's like that I thing we say. It's yeah. that thing we say, your imagination is actually probably worse than what's happening. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I honestly think it was probably just as bad as what I was thinking. But to see his face look like that and how I felt, <sighs> I was so disgusted, you guys. Like, I wanted to turn the movie off. I didn't want to finish it. <laughs> oh, oh man. I thought that was the worst scene. I'm surprised you didn't say the the bowl of vomit was the the most. Oh, the bowl of vomit thing. really upset me too. Yeah, well, let's 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 talk about like the duffel bag reveal then, because that's <laughs> one of the most fucked up scenes in this movie. So, like Greg, you know, I think it was Greg that already talked about. You know, she, you know, there was an, a business that she worked at for a little bit. And I believe from what I took from the movie is she had a relationship with this business owner at mm -hmm. some point, you know, and they same thing, you know, she thought she loved her and clearly she didn't. So that's why she ends up killing her. And I believe whoever she was either married to or another man, she, you know, abducts him and cuts off his fingers and his tongue and his feet. And that's the extra body parts they find at the scene. 
So when they reveal what's in this duffel bag, this guy comes crawling out with the the body parts you've heard are missing. And like Laura said, she, you know, vomits in a dog bowl and then gives it to him to eat. And he laps it up gladly, probably having ate or drink anything for God knows how long. Yeah, he's starving. You know, oh. and she like and she like pats his head like a little puppy, you know, and, and it's just like such a fucked up scene. Um, it's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think of that scene, Greg? What do you think? You guys said it. Just that was the filthiest part for me, just watching him, you know, eat that vomit out of the bowl. <laughs> oh, I mean so again it, again, uh, second second round has a different meaning to me, but hmm. yeah, the, the first part was it was that was so disgusting. And it almost it, you're confused, like why is he doing that? Why is she feeding that to him? And it's just really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, other than that, you're really talking about like the end of this movie. You know, that's the other gruesome thing in this movie. And I, and I guess to Laura, it wasn't even that bad compared to the head cutting off scene. But but to me, I thought it was worse. I thought it was actually the worst scene. As much as like the vomits gross and the head scene was, you know, disgusting. But the the, you know, the abduction and the, the you know, mutilation with the needles. I don't like needles. You know, so right ah. away, needles, anything with needles. I that was the point where I was starting to turn away. Oh, see, that didn't bother me. Isn't that funny? We talked about <laughs> that. You have like great veins. So all the I doctors do. love you. So, <laughs> you know, that doesn't bother you at all. You know, um, I mean, it. don't get me wrong. It was still upsetting and gross and mm. not my cup of tea. But I have to say I had uh, I, I enjoyed watching the end because I thought her acting was incredible. Yeah. How she was literally giggling while kitty, 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 kitty. yeah, while <laughs> sawing his legs off like ah and then so we keep doing this this kitty 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 it means deeper 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 and she's mm. putting these really long needles into his abdomen and then the skin under his eyes cuz apparently those are two of the most like sensitive spots mm-hmm. and yeah she's just you know she's so happy while she's doing it it's bringing her so much joy so i couldn't help but look in the, this scene because wow. i was like this is incredible she is such a psychopath that's yeah, crazy. This, this scene was like my uh, what is your thing, Laura? Misophilia? What is your what is your disease, Laura? <laughs> what is your thing you have? <laughs> Misokinesia. Misokinesia. Yeah, yeah, that was like mine in this scene because one, I don't like needles, and two, I don't like when people put things in their eyes. Like when my yeah. wife used to wear contacts. She I could not watch and she put it in. I cannot cannot do drops in my eyes. So like having a needle go close to someone's eye and like in the area. Even though it was in the lower part. Same thing, dude. Same thing. So like I was like cringing. I would rather eat vomit than like have that happen to me. Like that is disgusting. This would literally this would be like my like hell. If I happen to go to hell, it would be this. It would be like pushing needles into like somewhere in my eye area. Because that's like my two things that I cannot stand. Oh my god. So it's crazy. And and then the whole thing we talked about with the with the little like kitty 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 with that. (laughs) And, And and that thing, you know, I have to give them props. Because like that is such a genius tool to use because it's set up in the beginning of, you know, establishing when you hear this noise, when she says this, you know, it's going deeper. So then when she goes to do the eyes, they don't show it, but she's just saying deeper, deeper, Mm. deeper. And so like going back to kind of like Laura said, like it's always worse when you don't see something, your, your Mm -hmm. imagination, like picturing, like going deeper into like his eye area. 
was just like one of the worst things to me. So I was crazy. I have to ask, when the sun arrives <laughs> unexpectedly, what does she keep spraying at him? I took that as she's it, it's some type of nerve agent. It's meant to oh. you're supposed to breathe it in and it's almost like a chloroform. It yeah. knocks you out or it you know, it's the same thing that she did to him, but in spray form. It makes him paralyzed, immobile, but his nerves are still active. He can still feel pain. So I think she was trying to immobilize him. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Well you thought it was like hairspray, Laura? Oh yeah, it looked like perfume and she was just so happy and like spraying <laughs> it at him and he's just like what the fuck is this? Like he, and he's never, you know, uh, he never reacts to it. He's just like, what are you doing? Crazy lady. You know? Yeah. 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 So what about you, Greg? What did you think of like the finale torture scene? I uh, it's, it's hard to watch, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of like the torture porn stuff. It's, the first time I watched it, I I didn't like it. It's just, you're watching a lot of. It's the type of thing where you you see about ten seconds of it, and you go, okay, well, you could continue this for about three minutes and make no headway. I I already know where this is going. Like I don't need to see three minutes of this. Like you've already sent your message to me. So watching it the first time, I I really didn't I didn't like it. And it was gross. Um. The only solace that I took was thinking that the, the needles were like acupuncture needles, which I know are very thin. Oh, kind these things were not acupuncture They were not thin. Needles. They were thick. Okay, yeah. well, now that changes things. But <laughs> it was really gross and, and, and very hard to watch. And, of course, she does she, – she saws off his leg. He saws off his, like, foot, and she just tosses it up against the – Yeah. The window, as the window. It's, if it's nothing, and, and begins to saw off the other leg when his son comes in to intervene. It was like, oh, mm. my gosh, so crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, another thing we have to quickly talk about before we kind of like move on here a bit is like they do kill another dog in this movie. Uh, and, and, you know, sorry, listener Lindsay, like I-, I was telling these guys after watching this movie, you know, I'm like, we literally need to make it part of our movie reveal every week that when you reveal the movie, you need to research if an animal dies so we can say that before anybody watches the movie. You know, it doesn't yeah. really help watch giving it after the fact anybody but i think we need to start making that a point to actually reveal that with your movie reveal just in case somebody is listening that does not want to watch that at all and that's fine you know we have a lot of listeners like we talked about the other day where laura somebody emailed in and said like they don't like watching the movies but they want to just hear us break it down so for anybody like that we're at least going to give that as an option going forward do our best because i mean this i feel like this is like four movies in a row that have been like oh my god another dog and this one was like i don't know if it was a puppy or it was just a little dog but i was like come on it was i know this one got me yeah 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 and it just sucks because i know it's just such an easy movie trope to like kill an animal and of course you automatically hate like the person you know what I mean? So that's the yeah. only reason you do it. There's no other reason to do it. So it's just kind of stupid. But yeah, um, let's get into what Greg's kind of been teasing here a little bit. Yeah. Because you know? I feel like you 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 keep talking about, you know, <laughs> I saw things differently the second time, but you have not elaborated on any of them. So I really just want you to go through and, and talk about your viewings, what you saw differently and break it down. And me and Laura will kind of like jump in, I think, if we hear something that. Yeah, I, I really hope I hope you guys jump in. OK, and please indulge me. And in, I don't know if this is going to really sound wild. The first time I watched the movie, it was pretty much as you guys have broke it down, really crazy, really confusing. It didn't really make sense, gory and everything. And I was left sort of unsettled because I don't know, maybe I don't know if we're going to get to the ending, but it kind of just leaves you like, okay, well, so what? 
Well, why don't, you, why don't you sit up the end then real fast? Let's just sit up the end then go for it. Yeah. So, so the kid, uh, his kid comes in. She tries to spray him with this. I, I'm guessing again, like I said, a nerve agent is knocking him out. He runs away. He gets away. He gets to the top of stairs. She chases him and then he turns around and basically kicks her down the stairs. She falls and breaks her neck, but she's mm. still a little kind of alive and facing, um, Oyama on the ground or on the floor at the bottom of the stairs. And as she's facing him, she recites some of the lines that she said to him earlier in the movie. And she ends off with a quote that he said to her. And then the, the scene flashes back to her as a, as a, a little girl taking off her ballet slippers and then goes to credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just spent about what an hour and a half watching a, almost a drama and then 30 minutes of psychedelic hallucinations <laughs> and basically torture porn. You're like, what is happening? And then it hits you with that. That's basically the end. I don't know. Were you guys confused? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was definitely confused. So here's the thing is I watching it a second time. I noticed some very unusual things about midway through the movie, which made me view it in a completely different manner. Um, Originally, what I thought the movie was about was, you know, a girl who was abused and she got revenge on this guy Mm -hmm. who... While he had some dishonest things about him and the whole setup of the audition was pretty misogynistic and and dishonest, he probably didn't deserve to be tortured that way. She was still lashing out as if he were another transgressor of her past. Yeah. And that's kind of how I looked at it. It's like, okay. But so I had to watch it a second time. And what I came across the second time is I feel like what the whole movie is about is his fear of committing to a new unpredictable relationship. There's a moment like, and I wrote this down um, at 49 minutes and 58 seconds when they're in the restaurant, when he starts probing at her, like asking about her past and where she works. And she kind of like avoids the questions, right? She's like, Oh, I work at like the stonefish. Because can I visit sometime? And she's like, Oh, well, the owner doesn't really like to let me have, she likes to get into my past. So I'd rather not. And he starts to feel suspicious at that moment. If you look at it, like the, the film kind of like cuts or there's something weird that happens. Like he's mm-hmm. sitting there and it cuts and the people behind him in the restaurant kind of like twitch. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like there's something weird going. I don't know if that's just bad editing or, <laughs> but there's clearly something there. Um, and then this is the point where like he confesses her. She goes, he goes, well, okay. Well, about the film that we're going to make and he's, he tells her basically that it's not going to get produced, right? So he goes, okay, well, this is not going to get produced. I'm sorry. You didn't win the part. That sucks. But the moment that he says that everybody in the entire restaurant, I don't know if you guys noticed this, they just disappeared. Hmm. Everybody like in the very next shot, they were suddenly all gone. And this is where I thought, okay, something is really wrong with this movie. And I think this is the part in the movie where things start to flip. I think that, that the reason why the people in the, in the restaurant just disappeared because this is like a symbol. This is to, symbolize him not wanting anyone to hear his like confession about what he's doing because he feels guilty about it and then guess what she suspiciously responds so kindly and innocently with no misgivings about the dinner oh you know i it's okay i didn't expect to get the role i'm just happy to have met you Mm -hmm. i feel so refreshed when i'm with you you know i feel as if i'm a part of a beautiful image blah 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 like who says that like this executive is taking you out to dinner and explaining to you that this movie isn't going to happen and she you're giving these like flowery lines you know oh i've been alone all my life i've never had anyone to talk to i've never met a person like you who says that Mm -hmm. i i actually think that this is all like what you guys said is like it's too good to be true this is all what he is like hearing from her and 
the first time around, he is only like picking and choosing certain things that he wants to hear. He wants to hear that she's uh, like a submissive, gentle creature that persevered, right? Yeah. And he doesn't want to have to deal with an actual woman that has emotionality. And he imagines in his brain that she's totally fine about the whole scheme. Hey, he told her everything. And she's like, that's fine. And I thought the fact that the skips in the scene were happening was so weird. And then when you get to the hotel, it was even weirder. Like, like you said, Laura, he, she goes, love me and no one else. Okay. And of course it's like, well, then they make love. And I think this is the point in the movie where everything flips. Like, okay, so they make love, right? And then he wakes up and she's gone. And this is the point where I've decided, I decided in the second time around, I think that from this point on, he's actually still sleeping. I think he, he he like wakes up out of bed and she's gone, but he's actually still sleeping. So everything you see from here on out, I think is basically just a dream. Oh my goodness. I know it sounds- Well, it, wait, yeah. Greg, they kind of allude to that at one point. There was a point towards the end in that dreamlike sequence where he wakes up back at the hotel. I think he actually does wake up there, yeah. And she's there and she's like, are you okay? And I think that's the real part. Okay, but so that's, I was like, oh my God, was all of this made up? But then yeah, it they, goes yeah. back to the torture and then that's that. Like, yeah, it goes back to the torture because he falls on his pillow and he closes his eyes and he falls back asleep. And I think there's a reason for all this because here's the thing is like, I think having sex with her represents clearly like a consummation of the relationship, right? So they're committing to each other. So when he falls asleep, his brain is basically forced to process all of this, right? To kind of like confront the reality that, okay, now he's going to have to engage in a real relationship. Maybe not one that he's used to or one that he can control, but just like a new crazy relationship after all these years. And then from this point on, everything is just all in his dream state. So a lot of the crazy stuff that we're seeing, all of the, the weird, you know, he goes to investigate her past. I think that a lot of that is not even real. Like, I think he's still dreaming and he starts to like look into her past. I think this is his brain actually considering for the first time, you know, what her past might have been and not dismissing it as like, oh, okay, well, she was a girl that injured her hip. That's why she can't dance anymore. She's actually considering while he's dreaming okay, maybe she has a traumatic past. And well, what is he actually getting into here? So like the next 20 minutes, like before the f the whole finale, you guys have to admit, it was totally like unreal. And it like was crazy, right? So this yeah. is what like tipped me off to like, okay, this has to be a dream. So of course, like the wheelchair guy who we who we surmise like burned is the one who burned her thighs and he was like, dance or I'll punish you or whatever he said. The stonefish restaurant, like the fact that he saw like the tongue flopping, how could he see that? Again, this yeah. is just like his brain, just like imagining. These are all totally made up in his, in his dream. All he knows really is through their dinner conversation that she was abused as a child. And, you know, hey, maybe he suspects the dance teacher. This is why when he goes to the, the ballet studio, the dance teacher in his mind is the one that burned her when it's like, how could he have had that memory? Well, he, he never had that memory. He's just imagining it. Mm -hmm. Again, to me, this is still part of his dream. Like he's afraid that he can not love only her as she has like requested, you know, because uh, one, he has lingering thoughts about his late wife. He loves her. He has her picture there, right? To his devotion to his son. When you have these two things and you have like a person who comes to you and says, love only me, that's going to immediately create like a big war in your brain. Like, well, how do I reconcile these two? Okay. And then of course, he's probably afraid that because of her 
trauma that she confessed to him at the dinner, she's going to be very needy and she's not going to be able to accept that he has other people that he has to care for or pay attention to in his life. And he's afraid that he, he can't show that kind of devotion to just one person. Like this is something that I bet people who, who just engage in long-term relationships in general fear, but maybe in his position, in his culture, it's like he's catastrophizing it in his dream, you know? And maybe he's thinking like, oh my God, I actually liked it better when you were just a resilient dancer who accepted her fate. But now he's feeling like, oh my God, this girl's got real trauma to deal with and I don't have the capacity to deal with that. This is just, again, to me, part of his dream is just him having these rushing thoughts of guilt, you know, of like, of course, like the audition, which was pretty messed up. His wife, who he still feels connected to. I think he had a casual relationship with his secretary, but they don't really go into it. Yeah, Don't you guys right. think so? Oh, yeah. There's the scene, yeah, where, where, you know, one of his hallucinations where, you know, she's going to give him a blowjob and it ends up turning into like different women. You know, it's like his wife, the secretary and the secretary clearly states like we had sex once and I thought it was yeah. going to mean more or something like that, you know. And so clearly yeah. they did have something. And that's why this whole movie, the whole first half, the secretary is like seems to like be longing for him. Yeah. You know, yeah. even when she's like, I'm getting married, she was almost like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting married like to him yeah. you know what i mean like i'm sorry yeah, it's not you it's crazy and i kept and i kept thinking why do they keep talking about the secretary until that scene you're like oh okay they did have something back in the day you know hopefully yeah. it was after his wife passed but i'm not sure about that but uh I, again this is like more symbolism this is like she didn't like how he lied to her right she was like oh all men are liars all you do you told all the girls that auditioned for you that they were going to get the part and this is just him feeling guilty about it so like i just i just think like all the way to the end it was just he he was dreaming and there was that quick moment like you said Laura, where he woke up in his bed and he was like oh my god i'm actually here in the hotel room and i have all my body parts still on me and then he you know rinses his face but then he falls back to sleep and his dream continues all the way to the end i don't think the dog dies I think the dog died. The dog in, he, in his dream is like... <laughs> That's my favorite quote of the night. I don't think the dog dies. In his dream, he's like, she. He, none of the people that surround me can contend with what I imagine this girl is going to be for me. I, I imagine she's going to be a big traumatic mess, which is totally overblown. You know, people can handle their issues. But I, th yeah. again, I, I think what confused me the first time around is they never go back to the waking state. They never go back to yeah. him actually waking up in bed. So you just assume when the credits roll that this is a real part, but they, I, I think they end off and the dream is still going and you're just left to imagine when he wakes up, he has a lot to think about. If I had a dream like that <laughs> about someone and then I woke up next to them, I'd be like, I know, I know this sounds crazy, but we're, we're done. We're over. Like I, I don't think I could ever recover from a dream like that about someone. <sighs> Yeah. It would take weeks, probably. Yeah. I'm, I mean, my biggest takeaway from what you're saying is is definitely I don't see it that way when I watch this movie. I only watched this movie once, so I, I don't know. Maybe I need to watch it again and I'll get into your mindset. But like, I feel like the way your second viewing is you are solely focused on the male character. Like you're, the way you described everything was like his perspective, his dealing with whatever was going on with his life. And most of it was fictitious, it seems like. But I take this movie as really this is the story about her. Like sh to me, she's the main character. She's the one that had these things happen to her. So I take all the stuff that you're imagining from a male perspective as like, no, this is real. 
And actually, a lot of his stuff that he's imagining is just bullshit. You know, the way he observes her on dinner dates probably was just too good to be true. And probably she was being honest, but he didn't want to hear it, which I think we do agree on that. But I think our perspectives are a little bit different. But yeah, I mean, I, I take this movie as more truth than anything else, you know, and, and one thing it reminded me, like when you were talking is the one scene where he does wake up initially after she left the room, he's he is groggy. And one thing I'm starting to maybe think now is I think maybe she drugged him then. Mm. And so that's why he's having all these hallucinations of, mm. of being here or being there. It's because she's already started drugging him, you mm. know, no, maybe knowing what she's going to do eventually. I don't know. But because there is that scene right when he wakes up and he is groggy, like, why would he be groggy? Other than, he the was, fact that, yeah. you know, and that would because the, like you said, the, the biggest thing in this movie is you're trying to figure out like flashbacks and he's inside her apartment. Like, how does that even work? I think Laura, yeah. you even mentioned that was like, that's the most confusing thing. Like you said, it, it's either what Greg is saying, which is it's all a dream and that's how he's doing it. Or two, it's that she drugged him and he's hallucinating a lot of these things. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know which, which path you kind of lie on Laura. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly think that even in the hallucinations, I think we're getting real information. That's how I took it. Mm-hmm. I took it as like, you know, I, I don't think it's any surprise this movie. It's like it's supposed to be a feminist movie, which I appreciate and I see. However, I don't like, I mean, I, I trust me, I want a movie where, you know, the female character who maybe has, had tr- past trauma like seeks the revenge and just like yeah, i i totally get that but it's like um this just went way too far it went way too far mm-hmm. it's not justified and but I, I i thought it was all real i mean obviously he's hallucinating a lot and he's not actually there he was never there he can't be there but i think we as viewers were, were getting real information in those hallucinations yeah, he's not just—he's not just taking a little little siesta. He's not just sleeping. Yeah, in the bed. but it, but it's confusing, you know. Like I think it was shot really well, and it's a really cool concept, but it doesn't add up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Greg, I love your theory. I don't know if it's true. I like <laughs> it. I—it'd be cool if it was true. Although, like what Rob was saying, it is kind of upsetting if that was how it was because it's just so centered around him and his fears, and you know. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's the opposite of what I think this movie was trying to do, which was be this feminist movie. And your theory, it's like all about him. And, you know, mm-hmm. she's it, the, his fears are coming off in dreams that she is like this complete psychopath. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's- yeah, I definitely don't think that was the purpose. You know, so the, I'm like, I don't think there's any way that can possibly be one of the solutions. You yeah, know? I don't want to like definitely de- delegitimize, it, you know, a person's past and past trauma. Uh, the first time around, I was really just focused on her. Like, again, yeah. I really thought that, okay, well, I I came across at the end of the movie, I came out thinking, well, what is this? So what? And I thought, what is it about? To me, it was just about what happened, a couple of things. Well, the, the main thing was like, well, what happens when you, like child abuse? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the times the, the abused becomes the abuser and they just, it just creates a ripple effect. And it's almost like, well, where does it end? It, that's what came across to me. I thought mm-hmm. just how messed up, you know, um, that was, but, um, I don't know. Yeah. I guess there's, there's just different ways. It's it like, yeah, we're getting all the same information, but it's just different ways of looking at it. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do have to say, at least in Greg's fucking dream sequence, the dog lives. So, <laughs> I yeah. mean, maybe, maybe I'll lean that way if I'm forced to, you know. Uh, it'd be funny if you look up this movie on, like, doesthedogdie.com and it's like, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Who knows, you know. Um, yeah, but Laura, did you did you have any interpretation of, like, the theme of this movie? I know you talk about, like, women empowerment, but is there any other theme you have you want to speak of? Yeah, that's the only real theme I got from it. And like I said, as much as I appreciate that, and I'd love to see more movies like that, I think it wasn't it wasn't right. I did. I, and I was actually looking at some reviews and people were like, good. Like, it was nice seeing her, you know, get her revenge and get back. And I'm like, man, but uh, like he he didn't deserve it. And I'm yeah. glad that you brought that up in the beginning. Like he did not deserve it. And yeah. If he was a complete sleazeball, then it'd be like, yeah, OK, I would be rooting for him to beat the shit out of her. You know, I mean, of her to beat the shit out of him and do whatever. But it, he doesn't do that. So that's why it's like it, it's it's interesting. But going by going by what you guys are judging it as, isn't it also if that's the case, is it not a tale of like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like I think of Christian from Midsommar, like he really wasn't deserving of the treatment he got at the end of that movie necessarily, but his actions kind of led him there. In your guys' case, did Oyema's actions of creating this audition draw in the wrong type of person? And the fact that he's, you know, trying to bond someone who's got like the same dysfunctionality in their life with, with his, didn't that, did that just lead him to this type of fate no i think this guy and christian are completely different i think this guy is coming from like a good hearted place of wanting to like fulfill something that he's missing through love and through compassion and in companionship and like you know maybe bring this woman like a better life you know what i mean he he wants that in you know filling something you know and i know part of that is still kind of negative because like most of this they don't really even consider like the woman's opinion like it's almost like i'm gonna get married like she has a choice but yeah that's culturally that's time you know we're not really talking about that right now but christian and midsommar is just a fucking scumbag from yeah moment one in this movie you know not even want to be there in the situation and so i mean i don't know if he deserved what happened to him because it's insane but he did not start up as a good person you don't ever you don't ever look back and be like you know christian he was actually a decent guy you don't ever say that to yourself you know <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah crazy uh do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we get to the ratings here and kind of go from there and get to the end no i just i hope that maybe I, I need to like dig in to see if there actually is any kind of explanation online of like okay this is what the director and writer like wanted from this or m- maybe it's just reading the book i don't know because it it is really interesting and it's kind of up to interpretation and really confusing. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody wants to email us in that even knows that information or has a different interpretation or, or agrees with Greg that this movie is dream sequences, you know, hit us up conjecturing pod at Gmail, you know, Twitter, Instagram at conjecturing pod. Let us know that we'd be glad to read them later on in a future episode because yeah, it is, it is a very interesting movie. It's not super clear cut. There are scenes that are very confusing, you know, so I can see why Greg sees things a certain way, but uh mm-hmm. it's interesting to talk about you know um yeah 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 so let's get to you know our ratings here kind of get to the end of the movie you know kind of talk we talked about the end of the movie get to our ratings here uh laura already talked a little bit about some of the you know uh reviews of this movie and what people are saying but the rotten tomatoes for this movie to so everybody knows critic score you have 82 percent 
audience score you have 80 percent. so very high marks for yeah. this movie you know uh, and i think a lot of that goes back to directing and, and things like that i mean story itself the acting is pretty solid all the way through so i think a lot of that has to do with that aspect of it um but uh yeah let's get into our ratings then of this movie so we're going to do one to five for this movie you can get into a little bit of positive and negatives if you want to uh with your rating i think um so let's do uh let's do how many duffel bags one to five <laughs> one to five how many duffel bags you get wait no laura do you want how many barf bowls do you no want that, no laura? no I'll, I'll take duffel bag i'll You'll take duffel bags okay yeah. all right how many one to five how many barf filled duffel bags are you giving this movie so let's uh let's start with uh let's start with greg because laura's hands are in her face so she can't <laughs> talk anyway so uh, Greg, one to five, what do you give this movie? You can kind of go into why. Yeah, I need to preface this with I almost have two ratings and maybe I'll settle on one. But the thing is, like the first time through, I was genuinely confused with all the damn flashbacks. Like, who's who? What's real or not? You know, what's, who, what, where, who, what's what, happening? Why, how? <laughs> like, There's all of them. Mm-hmm. With all the you know hallucinatory drugs i didn't know what flashbacks were memories or guilty thoughts or fantasies and it's like you spend all this movie just dramatizing kind of a scheme and then you get hit with this ridiculous horrific content at at, at the end like you know so it's like almost like this, despite all the the mutilation the gruesomeness all that shock at the end it's like i told you guys when the credits started rolling the first time i was like okay so what it was yeah. like you, you try it, it almost seemed gimmicky to me like too much too late toward the end to have like the right kind of impact it's like well what is what is what is the purpose from going like first gear to just wretchedly disgusting fifth gear in the matter of with five minutes left to go and it, we i think we already talked about i'm not maybe you guys are kind of the same i'm not a big fan of like the gross out uh yeah. cinema like the when the violence to me doesn't feel like it's there's a point then I, you kind of i'm already starting to check out so if i were to just go based on my first time around i really it was a well done movie but content wise and meaning wise i give it like maybe a two and a half mm. but the second time if it was intended to be the way that i'm seeing it i think it's an ingenious movie I, I really think if this is really about his fears and apprehensions uh, about you know consolidating these ideas of well how do I deal with a modern woman how do I deal with not feeling guilt around you know loving my deceased wife and how do I deal with uh, you know a, a woman who has issues who actually have to treat like a person and not an object anymore a person that has emotions just like me and also let them know that I have to take care of like uh, I care for my kid like all these things if it's all about that and there was that dream sequence like I said I think it's ingenious I would give it like almost a five I would give like a 4.75 holy shit yeah well that's a that's a pretty like it's a big difference i yeah, know yeah i don't know it, what to say it, about that it, it's such a it's a big difference though but like i mean even if you like meet in the middle like your 4.75 is so much based on like a fictitious like assumption you know what i mean yeah. like so i don't even know if we could even consider that as a rating what do you think laura as like the you know the gatekeeper of our ratings <laughs> like where do you think this rating should be should we just meet in the middle should this have two ratings should greg's 4.75 just be a dream and we never think of it again like what do you <laughs> what do you think Laura? i don't know i think 
if Greg actually truly believes that this is the movie. Well, he and, fucking like, does. He spent an hour talking about it. I, I did spend <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can edit. No, I fucking love it, dude. It was awesome. But it's just like, I just, I just don't know what to do. It's crazy. If you really believe that, then that rating stands. That's true. All right. Well, I'll give it a 4.75 then. Wow. Damn, there you go. That's crazy, All right. dude. All right. There you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, Laura. But I feel like it's it, again. It's not the same reason that I think maybe like when you you tell that Rotten Tomatoes score of like eighty to eighty two. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if people are like, oh my god, this is so good because it's got all this blood and gore. It's like I don't feel the same. But I'm just I'm just thinking about it differently. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, Laura. Are you awake, Laura? Did you wake up from your dream? Are you awake? <laughs> are you are you dreaming now? Do you wish you were? Do you wish you were sleeping? This is a nightmare. <laughs> Are you coming to terms with the effect you're a woman and not a man? Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, yeah. What do you got, Laura? How many, how many duffel bags are you given this movie? Okay. Um, I, I guess positives. I've never seen anything quite like this before. Hmm. You know, it was unique in that way. Um, even though I, I have a love hate relationship with the dream sequence, because like I said, I love the way it was shot. I thought it was super interesting and like kind of fun to watch when it wasn't horrifying. But then I, it didn't make sense to me either. So, I mean, I liked that. But honestly, I just thought this movie, it, like I said, it's not my cup of tea. That any kind of like body torture between like decapitation and torture and vomiting and making someone eat it. That is just so not, I, I don't want to see that in any horror movie. It's not it your just, cup. It's not your cup of vomit. It's not my cup of vomit. Yeah. I, I don't like that. Um, I, you know what, how I could best describe this movie is, okay, so I watch horror movies because I have like generalized anxiety and somehow I get this like good release when I watch horror movies. Mm. But this movie, watching it, I never felt safe. I felt like I just did not know what was going to happen. And it was all always something that just like shocked me and disgusted me to my core when I clearly avoid movies like that for the most part. Except funny games. <laughs> I love funny games. Funny <laughs> games is different. Anyway, uh, that's a whole nother conversation. Well, I'm sure we'll get into our anniversary episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. I, okay, so long-winded, but I'm giving it a 2.5 wow. because I don't like it myself, but I also see why other people might like it. But no, I didn't like it. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, like I like a lot of things in this movie. I already, I spotted out directing wardrobe, some of the fucking, you know, design of this movie, the sound design was fucking awesome. You know, especially for being what late nineties movie, uh, you know, Laura talked about the music. The music is another thing. That's just from that era. What are you going to do? It was horrid. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, the acting is really solid in it. You know, the storyline, I actually was interested in it. I didn't like, you know, as much as like, you know, it's a horror movie. So, you know, things are not going to go well for, for anybody in this movie. Um, I thought, you know, the reveals of, of what she's experienced her in her life, it, it does. It's weird to say there's a payoff because the payoff is like she's like a serial killer, you know, but for me taking this movie very like true to the fact 
not like a dreams or anything like that. I think it does a really good job, a really uh, good job of, of making you care for the main male character, you know, having remorse for what he's lost and what he's look- longing for. But also, you know, what's her name? What is her name? Asame. Asame. You know, for her, once you find out about her past, as much as she is like a psychopath, you feel bad for her, you know, you feel bad for her upbringing, you know, and I think that duality of like, you know, being like the killer in this movie, the the crazy person who definitely needs help, you you feel sadness for her as well. So you feel something for every character in this movie, especially Mm -hmm. the main characters. And I think that alone, to me, makes it a well-done movie that I gave a shit. You know what I mean? And, and so with just that combined with everything I've already said, like, I I enjoyed this movie. You know, torture stuff aside, you know, because I, I, I don't want, the, I don't like the needle scenes. But other than that, I wasn't that grossed out. It could have been way worse, you guys. I mean, like I said, I, I keep talking about, I've seen stuff online way worse than this, you know. Like not not just like real things, but like movies, you know. Um, I'm like I'm not like going down the dark web or anything, but uh, <laughs> so I, I'm giving this movie a four. You know, wow. I'm giving this movie a four. I actually really enjoyed it. You know, I'm not doing four point seven five of Greg's dream rating. You know, but I, but I'm saying a solid real world four. You know, um, yeah. So I think it's right there. So we're kind of all over the map a bit in this movie. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, but like I said, you know, please email us in. Let us know what you thought of this movie. Shoot us your ratings. I would really be interested because this movie is so open for interpretation, you mm-hmm. know, because it is so crazily done the second half of this movie that it's so crazy to think about how it was configured, you yeah. know, uh, and it's just open for anybody to interpret it however they want. So your ratings are going to be all over the place. So, Yeah. You know, I definitely would recommend it for people. I would say check it out. It's worth watching, you know. No, Laura? Uh, I would only recommend it to people who really like horror movies can handle this content. Um, I think it's just best to warn people that there are certain horror movies where images stick with you forever. And I have a feeling that some of these images are going to stick with me forever. If, if, you yeah. had to be, if you had to be trapped on like a desert island, Laura, and you had to only have one movie with you for like the rest of your life, but it had to be this movie audition or thanks killing <laughs> are you just are you just drinking salt water until you pass away you're until not even gonna do <laughs> oh my god um well i yeah, guess because because the way you just explained this movie was like you know yes you recommend it somewhat but like give a preface to whoever's gonna watch it the same thing i said at thanks killing is like you you tell somebody to watch Thanksgiving, but you got to tell them what they're in for. So it's very similar. You know? <laughs> but this is weird because I wouldn't recommend this movie to anybody either, which is okay. weird. Like, I mean, for giving it a high, like a relatively high rating, I would only recommend it if they would see it the way if they that were, I do. If, if they were sleeping while they watched it. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't seem like a recommendable movie. I, I, I get what you're saying, Laura. It's like I, to me, I, there are parts that are well done, but I don't see people really enjoying it unless you are into like the, the graphic content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you still have to answer the question, Laura. You're on the island. You're not getting off the hook that easy. Sorry, Laura. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I and, Greg, and Greg, because you chimed in there, you got to do the same thing too. What, what movie are you watching? Oh, I, <laughs> I can't watch this movie on repeat. I, mm-hmm. I can't. It's too disgusting and disturbing, and it would upset me on the rig. So I guess I'd be so watching Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh man, I want to watch that sitcom where you're just stuck on an island watching Thanksgiving over and over again. That's gonna be awesome. Oh my god, how long would it okay. take? Do you think you just lose your mind? 
to start yeah, believing you're would, a turkey. Well, you know, I'd eventually like learn all the lines and then I'd just be reciting them and then I would probably laugh to myself. And yeah, I'd, I'd go completely bonkers. I'd mm. lose it. What about you, Greg? Are you doing the same thing? You're just going to watch Thanks Killing Forever? I don't I Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> You've hurt him. <laughs> I'm just, I'm thinking like if, if someone discovers us on the island and they save us, and we were like the guy who were the people that have been watching things killing for like 10 years straight. Then they try to reintroduce us to like modern society. <laughs> Would we be better off having watched things killing on repeat for 10 years or this? Uh, I would be scared <laughs> if we watched this movie on repeat for 10 years. <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's it for the movie this week. You know, fuck that pick. I don't know if Greg's going yeah, to randomly pick movies again. You know, he might do a little bit of research next time. Uh, no question. Yeah. So, yeah. Remember, you know, uh, we have our conjecture choice coming up again. So please keep sending in those movies you want us to conjecture and also say a little bit of why. Um, you can hit us up conjecturingpod at Gmail or Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod. Uh, next week is going to be my movie pick. I actually been debating back and forth what movie I want to do now. After watching this movie, the movie I had planned, I'm not doing it now. Too similar. Um, so I'm actually going to do something uh, that I don't think we've done before. You know, we had a little side chain going maybe a week or two ago about what horror subgenres have we hit? You know, we've done, you know, kind of a slashers. We've done some sci-fi. We've done, you know, Halloween. We've done, we've kind of hit most of them, I believe. Mm-hmm. Now we have torture porn in there. Um <laughs> So, but one thing we haven't done is something, I don't even know if I'm creating this subgenre. It's called superhero horror. Mm. So my movie pick is going to be 2019's Brightburn. Brightburn. So this is a movie. I saw this movie in theaters. So I've seen it. So yes, I'm not like Greg. I'm not just picking a movie I've never heard of. Mm. Um, So this is a movie. It's produced by James Gunn, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, Slither. You know, he has a great background. This movie was created and written by his brothers, Brian and Mark Gunn. It stars Elizabeth Banks as a mother. You got Roy, Roy from The Office, uh, David Denman as a father. And pretty much the premise of this movie is what if Superman, you know, as a child came to Earth, but he's fucked up. And so that's the story of this movie is a child with Superman powers that is a fucking psychopath. Whoa, that's, so this, that, that's why it, to me, it's, it's superhero horror. You know, I don't know what other way to explain. Yeah, We've it. definitely never done anything like that. Yeah, before. And I don't think there's any other movie I can think like this, you know, wow. that takes that superhero trope of a hero and turns it into a horror movie. Well, can you even call it a superhero or he would be technically a super villain? Technically. Well, that's kind of part of the movie, you know, Ooh. figuring out who and what he is, you know. Nice. But uh, yeah, so that's my pick. 2019's Brightburn. Wow. I definitely wanted to bring something bright after this episode this week. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, so that that's it. You know, always remember to subscribe, rate, review our podcast, wherever you're listening to it from. And check out the other shows on the Slash and Cast podcast network that we're on. You can check them out, slashandcast.net. Uh, so that's it for the week. This has been The Conjecturing. I've been Rob. And Laura. And Greg. Yeah. Until next time, remember, horror subjective, so conjecture your way. See ya. Bye. See ya.
booty. Get that booty out of here. 